0: Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast, and today, Thomas Smith and I are going to be doing our 2020 NFL Draft Special. We're going to rank our top five players at each position, and then we're going to be giving one player that we think is overrated and one player that we think is underrated. And then to end the podcast, we're going to go over the top ten picks and and discuss who we think the teams are going to draft and who we would draft if we were the GMs of these franchises. This is going to be a long podcast, but we hope you enjoy. Starting off, uh, we're going to go over our top five quarterbacks. So, yes. So, do we want to go like one by one, or do we? Yeah, we'll go. Forward?
1: We'll go one by one. I think our qu- I know our quarterback top two is the is the same.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so one. I'll, I'll, yeah. No, I, I thought we were gonna go from five to one.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. that.
0: All right. Uh, my five is Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Hurts, honestly, but I'm not a huge fan of anybody outside the top three. But Jalen Hurts, he's athletic. He can move around. He's got good, decent pocket presence. He can move around in the pocket. He's very mobile outside of the pocket. Um, He's a a very accurate thrower, and he's one of the most accurate passes deep down the field. I forgot what, what his completion percentage was throwing deep down the field this year, but it was very high. Um, I think only Joe Burrow beat him out. And Joe Burrow completed like 80% of his passes down the field, which was insane. But he's a, he, he's an accurate passer. He does hold on to the ball too long, and he's not a great processor of defense. But my favorite part about him is that he's a great leader, he's a great locker room guy, and he improved every year of his career in college.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts is also my number five guy. Uh, very athletic, like you said. Uh, he's a great scrambler. He's a, he's a very good runner. Um, he improved drastically as a passer from his time at Alabama to his time at Oklahoma and then improved even more like mechanically from the end of the season uh, all the way to like the senior bowl and the combine. Uh, I think, you know he's also a proven winner which is something I like about him He's 38 and 4 I'm I mean granted he's been on really good teams but still 38 and 4 as a, car- a career record as a starter in college is is nothing to you know shake your head at uh and I think he can have a really s- successful NFL career if a team would build around his strengths
0: yeah I agree I agree yeah he doesn't have the talent uh or the arm talent of like Justin Herbert or Jacob Beeson but like his his improvement in college like None of the like Easton and Herbert didn't improve in college, but he did like every single year, and I think that's a huge positive. All right, moving on, number four, I have Justin Herbert, quarterback out of Oregon. Um, he has the second strongest arm in the class behind Jacob so be Smith from Washington. Um, he's pretty athletic. He can move around outside the pocket. He can make plays with his legs. He, he can make throws into tight windows that not many quarterbacks can even pray or even hope to make in their lifetime, Um, but the issues with him are huge. He's too inconsistent. He doesn't throw with anticipation, doesn't throw with touch often, um, and he never improved in college. He really just stays stagnant throughout his career in Oregon, so that's why I have him at four and not higher. At his peak, he's a top-two quarterback in the class, but that doesn't come around often. He's too inconsistent for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, Number four, I have Jordan Love talk about inconsistency. I know nobody's drafting him to be a a year one starter, but he's wildly inconsistent. He's inconsistent in accuracy. He's wildly inconsistent as a decision maker. Uh, I mean, but all the things that Jordan Love does wrong, he has a lot of things that he is just excelling in, which he has a great arm. He has really good touch on the ball. He has pretty good mechanics as well. He has all the intangibles you want for a quarterback. He just didn't, wasn't really able to put it together at Utah State very well. I mean, considering he's at Utah State, the coaches are not necessarily going to be able to help him as much as somewhere else. Uh, but really, he's, he's a boomer bus pro, uh, prospect. He has all the intangibles. He just needs to be able to put it together. I think he can be good, but I'm scared that he won't get any better. That's why I put him in my four spot. Originally, I did him have – I did have him at the three spot, but I had to move him down to four after watch, especially watching the Wake Forest game.
0: Yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I have Jordan Love as my number three. Um, the reason I have him above above Herbert is Jordan Love actually throws the ball with more touch, and his throws on the sideline are very impressive. Are very impressive to me. He also makes uh, more throws. Um, outside of the pocket when plays break down. I think he's better at improvising than Justin Herbert. He does have uh, pretty much the same issues that Justin Herbert has. He is a very, very bad decision-maker. Herbert isn't as bad of a decision-maker. He just processes things very slowly, way too slow to excel at the next level. Um, Jordan Love is just a terrible decision-maker, just plain and simple. Uh, And... The reason I overlook that is because of the, of the plays he makes outside of the pocket that are very Mahomes-esque. Like on the run, he makes some excellent throws on the money, um, and obviously he is his accuracy is iffy at times. But if you uh, there are some examples of him processing defenses going from his first read to his second to his third. Um, it's not consistent enough for me to put him in my top two at his peak. He is one of the most talented quarterbacks in this class. I think he has the most upside out of anybody, um, but i got to have him at three. The decision-making kills him.
1: Yeah. Uh, my number three is Justin Herbert here. Uh, prototypical NFL size is six, two 236 pounds. Um, he's fairly accurate in some games, but then in some games he's just – it's not yeah. there it's yeah. it's so weird to me uh, the touch definitely is something that he needs to work on he is a solid decision maker in my opinion but he is way too hesitant like he 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 looks at a read and then immediately not hesitants not the word there I, I messed that up but he he's not patient as a as a decision maker he's when he's making his reads he looks at a read and if it's not open immediately he immediately goes to the next one and right. instead of waiting Seeing that it can get open, he immediately goes to the next one and a lot of times just takes the check down. He's, he's way too easy, uh, eager to default to the check down. He yeah. does have an elite arm. In my opinion, it's the best in the class. I know there's some debate where the Jacob Eason or Justin Herbert, uh, but he's also sneaky athletic. He's very athletic for his size, and he has some mechanical issues in his drop back. And with the ball flips, he needs to calm down yeah. with that. Uh, and some of that can be fixed to help with the accuracy. I just think Justin Herbert's more ready now than Jordan Love. I know Jordan Love has a much higher ceiling, but I don't know if Love's going to get there. I'm very scared that Love is not going to be able to improve. I, I, he'll be able to improve, but I don't know if he's going to be able to improve drastically enough to be successful in the NFL, where I think Herbert could have some ex- success.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I I would compare Herbert to like Mitchell Trubisky, but with a little bit more, like a lot more juice. Like he his, his arm strength, it just it it, it blows her uh, Trubisky out of the water. But he, he he got too many inconsistencies. They ran a ton of screens at Oregon. Like he he ran, I think he he had like like twenty three percent of his plays at Oregon were screens, which is yeah. insanely high. Like that is, it is. that's crazy and he missed on it. Yeah, and
1: you watched it's basically an extended handoff you know yeah, per se. rare. So
0: like as a quarterback you should be able to make that throw. Right, he's every overthrowing time.
1: like bubble screens and just easy wide receiver screens. He's like overthrowing it or underthrowing it. It's too yeah. inconsistent. That's why he's, you know, out of the top 2. In my opinion, after the top 2, I I know you you're a big fan of Jordan Love and I like Jordan Love, but I'm, you know, like I said I'm scared about him. After the top 2, those
0: guys are not worth drafting in the first round, in my no. opinion. Well, so I'm finishing up my final mock draft, which is what I would do mock draft, and I'm having a hard time finding a place for Jordan Love because I'm not going to take him top ten. He's not worth the top ten selection. None of these guys are, and like the only places I can see him going are like the Patriots, the Saints. If Patrick Queen's off the board, I think if if he gets if he goes to a team like say the Buccaneers or the Saints the Patriots, I think he could be very successful with a good coaching staff and a good quarterback to sit behind and, and learn from, like Mahomes. If he goes the Mahomes route, he could be a very good quarterback. I'm just – he he's got a lot to work on. he going got a yeah. red like his first year. He's going to sit on the bench. I'm just worried that he will never uh, – he won't get the, the proper coaching because if he does – we gotta watch out, cause I would not be surprised if we're talking five years from now that Jordan Love's the best quarterback in the class. I just don't, I I just don't know if, we'll, if he'll get there.
1: Right. All
0: right. Uh, number two. Uh, okay. So two, one, two. We have we both have two. Yeah, we
1: have the same top two. Number two, Tua Tagovailoa.
0: And number one, Joe Burrow. Um, right. Tua Tua's very accurate. Um, he's twitchy. He's a great processor. He can go from his First read to his second to his third very quickly. Um, Solid arm strength. Not that great. Not a lot of people talk about how weak his arm actually is. It's not like... He doesn't have, like, a noodle arm. But it's not that great. Like, it's not better than Joe Burrows, in my opinion. Um, But he's a great decision-maker. The only issue with him, in my opinion, is his injuries. Like, And and his play style is a little bit reckless. And he gets hurt because of that. Uh, But he has all the makings to be a franchise quarterback.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's consistently accurate on short and medium throws. Uh, to me, when I was watching some of his games, the deep balls were questionable. Sometimes he would he would just miss on the deep balls. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're obviously not going to hit every single throw, but there were a lot of, of deep balls that he missed that, that was a little questionable there. Uh, he's a great decision maker. He's got a solid arm. Uh, he plays more athletic than he actually is. He kind of plays like he's Lamar Jackson when he's – In reality, like a little bit more athletic than Drew Brees, right? Yeah. Um. And and, you know, obviously, really injury-plagued college career scares me. I don't know if he's ever going to be able to play a full sixteen games, a full sixteen-game season, or seventeen game now. Um. You know, going forward. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, Number one, we both have Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the draft for me. Even if Tua was healthy, I would still have Joe Burrow number one. He's extremely accurate. Has amazing pocket pocket presence and he gets better when the play falls apart like his his um passer rating got better uh under pressure which is insane he's the only quarterback in this class whose pocket whose passer rating got better under pressure that's amazing and when plays break down he makes things happen on the run um, outside of the pocket, it's kind of Mahomes-esque or Russell Wilson-esque when he is when plays break down. I think that's what separates him and Tua. Tua just isn't able to make, make stuff happen when plays break down as well as Joe Burrow. So that's what separates Joe Burrow from Tua, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Joe Burrow is, is fantastic. I think, in my opinion, he's the only quarterback in this class that I can confidently say will be a franchise quarterback. Like yeah. he's going to be a a good quarterback in the league for the next ten to fifteen years, in my yeah. opinion. Right. He's yeah. Great. Great accuracy and touch. He's a great decision maker. Very athletic and plays even better when he's forced out of the pocket, like you said. It uh, doesn't have the biggest arm. You know, that's one of the biggest knocks on him. But he it gets the job done. Um, yeah. and he's better in big games. I think LSU won. I want to say seven uh, games against top ten opponents.
0: Yep. That's right, seven in seven.
1: Yeah. And he was – he played his best when they were playing top-tier opponents, uh, you know, Again, but then against, like, Georgia Southern and Utah State, he could struggle a little bit. So that was kind of interesting to me where he would play better against the likes of, you know, Alabama and Texas and Georgia, but then, you know, struggle a little bit against Utah State and, like, Georgia Southern.
0: Yeah. Well, Tua has struggled in big games throughout his career because of his injuries. And Joe Burrow was – amazing in the playoffs this year he was spectacular yeah but yeah so that's our top five quarterbacks uh we all we had the same five guys just in different order running backs i don't know if we'll have the, t- the same top five guys i'm pretty sure we will They they will definitely be in different order uh my number five running back in the class is cam acres from florida state uh, it is so hard watching him because the team around him was so bad. That offensive line was terrible. And I know you saw my tweet on Twitter where I said that yes. I say he needs to publicly apologize to Cam Akers for putting for the offensive line they play behind this season. It was terrible. Yep. Um, what I like about Akers is he has tremendous physical traits. His speed, his explosiveness is amazing and his ability to do to impact the game and in the past game, um, as a runner, he's great. doesn't have great vision, like the top, like my top two running backs, um, but he's got just as good, if not better, um, physical traits than any other running back in this class. Like His speed and explosiveness is on par with Jonathan Taylor, and that's why I like K-Makers. He, he's an all-around back. He could be a three-down back in the NFL. I think he's really good, and people are overlooking him.
1: Yeah, uh, my number five running back is Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. Uh, super fast guy. I, I almost
0: guy. Did that. I, I almost had Taylor at five. I thought about yeah. putting Akers at four. Uh, so I'm interested to see why you put Taylor at five.
1: Yeah, um, very fast guy, four three gate speed. Uh, the production is incredible. I mean, 6,000 yards, over 6,000 yards in three years as a starter, you know, over two, uh, averaging over 2,000 yards a season, which is incredible. I'm a little concerned – about his shelf life as a running back just because of how much, how, how worn down he could be from uh, three years where he had over 300 carries a year. So I'm yeah. a little concerned about his shelf life. Uh, he's a very patient runner is something I noticed. Um, but I didn't get to see a lot of like him catching the ball. So yeah. it was kind of hard to give an analysis for that because they didn't right. do that a lot with him.
0: No, no, they didn't. They really didn't.
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, But fumbles are a really big issue with him. That was a big concern. I want to say he had 15. I don't, I'm sorry. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but I want to say it was 15 fumbles. Um, I don't remember if it was over, I think it was over his career, Uh um, which is a little bit of an issue. A, a big issue actually uh and he's he's not like a super shifty guy he just kind of uses his speed and he's a, he's just a good he's a patient runner and he can find the holes and he's always been you know kind of blessed to play behind a fantastic offensive line at wisconsin so
0: yeah oh i totally agree yeah jonathan taylor is one of the best pure runners in the class like as just a running back if you, you, you're just asking him to be a runner And to find holes, have good vision. He's one of the best at that. He has great speed, which allows him to explode for big runs. He's a home run kind of guy. He's got really good vision. um, One of the fastest running backs in the class, but he's terrible in pass protection. He cannot protect. He cannot be. You cannot trust him in pass protection. Whatsoever, Um, he's not a receiving back. You can't use him as a receiver, or they did it in Wisconsin. I don't know if he can at the next level. And he fumbled the ball on 1.8 percent of his carries. If you fumble the ball on one percent of your carries, that's a concern. If you if you're fumbling at nearly two percent, that's borderline undraftable for most guys. But Jonathan Taylor is extremely extremely talented, one of the best period runners in the class, which is why I have him at four. I can see the argument for having Cam Akers ahead of him. Uh, just because of what he can do, um, as a receiver and as a blocker. Um, but Jonathan Taylor just his speed, his explosiveness, his his vision, is really really good. But I, I you could um flip flop these guys, but I got I got Taylor at four.
1: Yeah, Cam Akers is my four. Um, yeah. So, Like you said, you can kind of flip flop these guys, but Akers is my four. Uh, lots of production at FSU despite playing behind a terrible offensive line um he's got a, he's got pr- like really good vision and i i think i think playing behind a bad offensive line actually helped him out with that a lot so he he actually was forced to look for holes and try to you know like find running lanes because he was playing behind such a terrible offensive line uh mm-hmm. he's got a great great spin move uh which it, it's it's kind of nasty I, I saw a few um I don't remember who it was against. There were a few plays in in one of the games I was watching where he just put a spin move on a guy, made him fall on the ground. It was nasty. Uh, He's solid in patch protection. Uh, Ball security can improve with him. Uh, He doesn't necessarily have, like, the home run explosiveness when you get to the NFL. He had, like, some runs in college that were, you know, home runs, but... The explosiveness, like he doesn't necessarily have that second gear that he can hit. Kind of like yeah. DeAndre Swift, who we're going to talk about later, uh, similar to that, where he doesn't necessarily have that second gear that he can kick into. Uh, and a lot of times he seems to like look for contact instead of avoiding yeah. it. He's kinda, he's kind, He kind of plays he, he plays like a physical back, even though he's not super big. Uh, right. And he, he kind of searches for contact sometimes, which is not necessarily a good thing when you're looking for longevity. Yeah.
0: I think – I think I I honestly disagree that he doesn't have a second gear. I think he does have a second gear, um, but, yeah. I mean, I saw plenty of runs where he was just flying past people and was not getting caught from behind. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. Akers is a top-five running back, and he's being talked about like he's a like – he's going to probably get picked in, like, the third or fourth round. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: Well, with the explosiveness, I was kind of, like, looking at, like, the game against Florida. He had yeah. some times where he would get caught from behind. Right. And uh, so there's m- more top-tier talent at Florida, I guess, than some of the ACC schools he was playing against. So that's kind of how I was looking at it, where, like, yeah. once he gets to the NFL, I'm not sure if, like, his second gear is going to be enough to right. do what it needs to do in the NFL.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I see that. I see that. Uh, my number three is DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Um, he's pretty much like the consensus consensus number one running back. I see, I see him going like first round in a lot of mock drafts. I totally disagree. Um, he's still a good running back. He can run with kind of he can run with like power and finesse. Um, doesn't, and, and he's got okay vision, not the greatest, but, he, but um, on outside runs, he's pretty good. He's really good when he's patient. When he's patient, he, he shows off um, some really, really good vision and good ability to hit the hole. Um, he's great at stopping on a dime and changing directions and making guys miss that way. Um, he's also a solid blocker, and he's decent as a receiver. He is a great route runner um, or, or they didn't really use him in that kind of role. They didn't use him as like in the slot at Georgia. Uh, but you can use him as a receiver out of the backfield. He did that a lot and he's a three down back and having that, having the ability to play on all three downs is very valuable, especially in the NFL. Um, my gripes with him are that his vision isn't great. He's not, uh, he doesn't have as good a vision as my top two running backs. And He doesn't have great top-end speed. He doesn't have a second or a third gear, and often he gets caught from behind, which limits his big play potential. Um, I still think his elusiveness in the open field and his ability to be a three-down back are why he's a top three running back in the class, but the the, the top-end speed is a big negative for him, in my opinion. That's why I have him at number three.
1: I got you. Uh, Number three for me, J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State, uh, workhorse back, 300-plus carries in uh, 2019, and he played through all 16 games, even banged up a little bit uh, in a couple of games. Uh, he's probably the best running back in this, in my top five in pass protection, in my yeah. opinion. I think he's the best in pass protection. Uh, he can lower his shoulder and punish defenders, but is probably better, uh, you know, like – He's got a really good stutter step that sends guys flying. He's, he's probably more elusive than he is, you know, a downhill back, but he can, you know, lower the shoulder and punish defenders. Um, he's got okay vision. It's not the best. It's it's solid. He's got solid vision as a running back, and the acceleration is a little below average.
0: Yeah. Okay. You, go, you good? You done? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Um, so, like, over Skype, there's sky kind of a delay. Um. So I didn't know if you were done or not. Okay, my number yeah. two is JK Dobbins. And um I'm not like in love with Dobbins, uh, like I am my number one running back. My number one running back, I absolutely love uh but Dobbins, he's got good vision, especially on outside zone runs. Um, he's a good blocker. Uh he he really improves as a pass catcher this year. I saw him make some really difficult catches where he had to adjust his body in the air that were really impressive. And um there were a few plays where, where he was used as a slot receiver where it, he showed off some really good route running. I don't know if he can do that consistently, but I liked what I saw there. Um, and he isn't as smooth and elusive in the open field as swift, but his top in speed allows him to finish big runs, uh, with touchdowns more often than swift does. So that's why, that's really why I have Dobbins ahead of swift. I think his home run, like his ability to, um, finish out big runs is better than swift. Um, and so that's why I have him at number two.
1: Yeah, and with Dobbins, I think he does have pretty good hands. But yeah. I think the impression in people's minds is that in is that his hands are not that great. Because I, I know in the Clemson game he had one big drop that would have been a touchdown. Right. And so I, I'm sure people are kind of like, oh, does he actually have good hands or yeah. is this? Recently,
0: bias is killing some of these prospects. Like there's a guy we're gonna talk about, or I'm gonna talk about later. That um is getting killed because of recency bias. But yeah, the same, I think I know you're same talking case about. J.K. Dobbins.
1: Yeah. Uh my number two is who I'm pretty sure your number one back is. Uh, Clyde Edwards elaire from LSU. Uh fantastic receiver out of the backfield. And he plays bigger than he is. He's only five foot seven and he plays like he's a six foot back. Um, it makes people miss at the open field. He's an instinctive runner. He's got good vision. Uh, he's also got the versatility because he can return kicks. He returned some kicks at LSU. Um, not great in pass protection. I mean, you know, he's a little smaller of a guy. So I, don't, I guess you're not really expecting him to be a great uh, pass protector uh, for a running back. And he's not super fast, but he's like, he's quick. He's yeah. more quick than he is fast. I mean, he ran a 4'6", 40-yard dash, which is not super fast, but he is quick. And he, d- he does have, like, the second gear. Right. So, like, he can actually, like, vary his speeds and kind of run past guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, My number one. Oh, – sorry. My number – okay, that's your number two. Yeah, my number yeah. one is Clyde Edwards-Hillier. And uh, there were a few spots, a few positions where picking the number one guy uh, was extremely easy. This wasn't the easiest but it was one of them, um, probably the third easiest. I absolutely love Clyde edwards hilaire He is a fantastic running back. Um, he he is small. I don't really care because he's he's he has the best vision in the class, not even close. Um, he's very quick. He doesn't have the great top end speed, which which you can tell by his forty time, which was like a four six. That's not great. Doesn't have great top end speed, so he's gonna get caught from behind on on a couple of runs. But his ability to find the hole and his burst and acceleration is fantastic. And he's the best receiving back in the class as well. He's a fantastic route runner, um, especially in in the slot. He, he's just amazing. And he he killed Alabama. He shined against the top competition this year. He's a three-down back. And I know I killed Swift because of the lack of top-end speed. But but Hilaire or Hilaire has... Much better vision, he's um, quicker, he's elusive in the, open, in the open field, he can make defenders miss with uh, jukes, spin moves, and he's a much better route runner and receiving back. So that's why I have him at number one. I think he's very underrated.
1: Yeah, now my number one, I, I really did think about putting edwards uh at number one, but I decided to go with DeAndre Swift from Georgia. A uh, very shifty and hard to tackle in the open field. Uh, probably the most elusive back in this class. Uh, he stops on a dime better than any other back in the class. He's okay in pass protection. Uh, I think he leaves more to be desired there, but he's not as bad as some of these running backs are. Uh, he's got good hands out of the backfield. Doesn't have the burst that you want to take the ball to the house, uh, but he's got good flat line speed. I mean, he ran a 4 40-yard dash. It's good flatline speed, but he just can't, like, get into that second gear. Um, ball security can be an issue with him sometimes, and, and he's not a super strong back. And his vision, like you were talking about earlier, it needs improvement, especially like in the short yarded situations um, where you know they're crowding the line of scrimmage. He he struggles with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. So we had the top, the same top five running backs, not in the same order, but uh, right. Once, once again, we have the same. Top five players in a position. Yeah. And we are going to for the wide receiver position. I believe our our five and our four are the same, right?
1: Okay, I'm pretty sure we have the same order, except we might not have the same top two.
0: Right. Like our top three is going to be different. But okay. my number five is Denzel Mims. Okay, yeah, same. Okay, and my number four is Justin Jefferson.
1: Same, yeah.
0: Okay, so we do have the same five and four. Mims, um, Mims is huge at 6'3" um he's got incredible size and athleticism he's physical running routes uses his hands to create separation latent routes he has a huge catch radius and uses a variety of creative releases off the line of scrimmage he's a pretty good route runner for his size um and he ran a 439 a 438 40 in the combine he's got elite speed i think he's going to be really really good in the nfl and he might go second round which is crazy to me yeah
1: uh, I mean, he dominated the Senior Bowl in the combine. That's kind of why everybody talking about, started talking about him. Uh, I mean, he was productive at Baylor, but not like top tier receiver productive. Uh, but then once he got to the Senior Bowl, he just absolutely killed some folks. And uh, at the combine, he showed off like right. his speed and that size, that combination of speed and size is insane. He ran a four three eight at six foot three. Um, he has great concentration on fifty fifty balls. Doesn't always. Uh, come down with him, but he does have great uh, concentration on those. You can see that, and he's got a huge catch radius. Uh, Needs to clean up his routes a little bit. He's he's a pretty good route runner, but he needs to clean that up a little bit, and he can struggle against press coverage sometimes.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think Mims is a fantastic receiver. Moving on, Justin Jefferson out of LSU. Um, He's versatile. He can play outside and in the slot. He's great at making contested catches, he can make difficult catches away from his body. He plays bigger than he is. Like, I would have guessed he was taller than he actually yeah. is. Um, he's got really good speed. Ran a 4 four forty at the combine, which is really, really good. And it shows on the film. Um, he's a good, smooth route runner. And he's really good with the ball and his hands in open space. I think he's a very, very good receiver. Um, so he's my number four.
1: Yeah, he's surprised at the combine with his speed. I expected yeah. him to be a little slower than he was. He ran a four-four-three. I expected him to be in the four-fives. Uh, he's got great hands, big catch radius for being six-foot-one. Um, and I mean, he's a good route runner, like you said, but he can sometimes struggle to get separation against man coverage. Uh, so that could be an issue. But I mean, most of the time, he's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, so that's our, our five and our four. Number three, I have Jerry Judy out of Alabama. He's the best route runner in the in the draft um, and possibly ever. Like, this dude's route running is insane. I love Jerry Judy. Although I have him at number three, he's one of my favorite players in the draft. I absolutely love him. He's sneakily fast. Like, he ran a 4.45 in the combine, but I didn't need to know that to know that he was fast. It shows up on the field. He's very fast. Um, he's good with the ball in his hands, not as good as like a Justin Jefferson or a C.D. Lamb um, or even Henry Ruggs. But he, he's very solid. Um, he, he, can, he can stop on a dime and change the direction to make defenders miss. And he has big play potential, even from the slot. He showed that against Michigan, like first play of the game. He hit him with a long touchdown from the slot on a post route. Um, my, one, my one issue with Judy is that he doesn't have the greatest hands. His hands... Um, th- there, are, there are some drops that he had this season where I was like,
1: he has some inexcusable I'm, drops. I'm like, that, I'm like,
0: yeah, dude, even against L was the LSU. I think it was LSU. He had one drop versus LSU where I was like, dude, come on. Where he had a touchdown. I'm like, dude, right. come on. Come on. You got to complete that. Um, but yeah, that, that's my one issue with Judy.
1: Yeah. It's so crazy. This wide receiver class is so good that like the top three it's just so debatable. Cause I, I think I guess it's gonna be your number two, but your number three guy, Jerry Judy, is my number one guy, which shows like the how, how good this receiver class is where the top three are so close together. My yeah. number three uh, is Henry Ruggs the third from Alabama. Crazy two Alabama receivers in the top three of this class. Rugs has stupid speed. 4 7 40-yard dash, and it shows up on the field, too, obviously. It's it's crazy. You know that a guy is super fast when he's disappointed in running a four two seven at the combine.
0: Yeah, so he honestly could have done better. He yeah, could have done better.
1: It's crazy. He's a very fluid route runner and has very reliable hands. I mean, he's not just a speed receiver. He is a full – like, he has – Everything you need to be a great receiver, not just the speed. Uh, he does have some issues when corners are more physical with him, just because he's a little bit smaller. He's five foot eleven, um, and but I think that can be cleaned up a little bit. I think that speed just kills. That like even when a corner is physical with him, if he can get off at all, he's gone. Wow. Um, and the speed just makes him scary after the catch. He's he can. He's not like super shifty or like he's not juking guys out of the sh- out of their shoes after the catch, but the speed just makes him so scary.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love Henry Ruggs. Now, starting off, uh, when I went into th- watching the receivers, I had I was I was going in thinking I would have Jerry Judy as my one, um, Lamb as my two, and I didn't know where I was gonna have Henry Ruggs. But after watching all these guys, Henry Rush is the second best receiver in the class to me. He's got an elite Ty- Tyreek Hill type speed. Um, he's a, a fantastic route runner. And people that say that he's just a speed guy, they are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. and they, Their opinion is invalid. He is a fantastic route runner. Not as good as Jerry Judy, but close. Um, and he's just a very, very good route runner. He's super athletic. And he can make tough catches away from his body. He's got uh, his his hands are more reliable than Jerry Judy's, and his speed will stretch defenses and allow his teammates to get easy receptions in the middle of the field, which is where I think his real value comes from. Um, and his speed, there was a play against South Carolina where he took a slant. Um, I don't know how long the touchdown was, but he took a slant all the way to the end zone for a very long touchdown. is very impressive. So that's why I got Henry Rux the third as my number two uh, wide receiver in this class.
1: Yeah, my number two wide receiver in this class, C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. Uh, man, he is so good after the catch. He makes defenders look dumb. He's just—he's like a running back after the catch. Um, super physical receiver on contested catches. He's six foot two. He's—he's uh, he's a long receiver. Uh, he needs to clean up his release against press covers a little bit, and he's but. I mean, he could fix that. Uh, he's a pretty good route runner and he's got great hands. Yeah. I don't think he's, I don't even think he's as good of a route runner as Ruggs or Judy at all. I me. think Judy Judy, and Ruggs are better route runners than Lamb, but what Lamb does after the catch makes him, to me, the number two receiver over Ruggs.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think he's, He's not as good of a route right runner as uh, Ruggs or Judy. Lamb is my number one receiver, and he's versatile. He can play outside and in the slot. Um, he's very physical. He makes tough catches away from his body and in traffic. Um, he's a good route right runner. Um, and like we said, not as good as the, as Ruggs and Alabama or and Judy from Alabama, but um, he's a good route right runner, a solid route right runner. Um, he, and he's just great in the open field with the ball in his hands. I mean, there's multiple plays this season. Where he has like three plus defenders on him, and he takes it in for a touchdown. He's very elusive. He's hard to tackle. Um, it, it's just hard to get hands on the guy. And I think what he does in the open space separates him from the rest of the group. If there's one issue I have with Lamb, is that he doesn't have great speed. He ran a four or five in the compound, which is fine. He he does look faster than that. Um, on the on the film but just imagine if he had if he had the speed of Denzel Mims we'd be talking about this guy like he's one of the best receiving prospects ever so that's yeah. why I ha- but when he does in the open field combined with his versatility and his physicality it's why I have him at number one yeah
1: my number one receiver is Jerry Judy from Alabama uh, elite route runner uh, great production throughout his entire career. Obviously won the Belitnikoff Award in uh, 2018, which is award for the best receiver in all of college football. Uh, he's got solid hands, but like you said, he had some unexcusable drops last season. Uh, so he needs to clean that up a little bit. He's pretty good after the catch. He's not as good as Lamb by any means, uh, but he, he's solid after the catch. And he's he doesn't have, like, Henry Ruggs' speed, but he is fast. He He ran a 4.45 at the Combine uh demand his speed still demands respect from from dbs so
0: yeah um okay so we are changing up the tight ends this tight end class is not very good so we're just going to do the top three um my number three is bryson hopkins out of purdue um he he's a solid tight end he ran a variety of routes at purdue um has pretty good speed he's a pretty good pretty soft or he's a good route runner um good receiving tight end okay as a blocker i think he's he's better than like a Hunter bryant out of washington um, so, and he, he's really good at tracking the ball, especially over the shoulder. Um, he did struggle with drops though, which is an issue was it is an issue for me. Uh, but like in, in this tight end class, somehow he's top three.
1: Yeah, he w- he was my number four, uh, when we did the top five, my number three is Harrison Bryant from, uh, Florida Atlantic, uh, really big tight end six foot five, 243 pounds, uh, good route runner. Very good blocker. He might be he, he might be the best blocker out of the top five, um, yeah. and he's got good hands. So he he's like a complete tight end, kind of like Hawkinson from last year, but nowhere near right the the level that Hawkinson was at.
0: Yeah, um, my number two is Cole Komet from Notre Dame. Um, my my two my top two tight end prospects are both really really good, and I, I think I think they'll go in the in the second round. Cole Komet, he's got really good size, um, and he's a great combination of size, blocking and receiving. He's got good body control when making difficult catches. Um, I mean, he's just really, really good at every part of being a tight end. My one issue with him is that he does not have great physical traits. He's not very fast. He's not very explosive, but he's a very good tight end, and so that's why he's at number two.
1: Yeah. My number two is... Albert O. from Missouri. Sorry, Albert, I don't know how to say your last name. Yeah. I I know it's not how it's spelled. It's spelled like Okwugbunum, but I know that's not how it's said, so sorry. But Albert O. from Missouri, uh, 6'5", 258 pounds. Actually, he's bigger than Harrison Bryant, but he plays plays more like a receiver than Harrison Bryant does. He's super athletic. I mean, he ran a 4.49 at the combine, which is crazy for a guy his size. He's got solid hands. Uh, But he makes some, like, crazy catches at Missouri. He had some circus catches. Uh, Blocking is not his strong point, but, you know, it can get better. And with the way the NFL is today, you know, tight ends aren't necessarily – like, you're not always drafting tight ends to be, like, an extra blocker.
0: Yeah. Like, you want
1: that. You want, like, Rob Gronkowski type, you know, or, or George Kittle, where they can block and are also great receivers, but it's so rare and so hard to find a guy that can do both at a high level.
0: Right. Yeah. That's why I don't think any of the tight ends in this class are elite. Because there's not that one guy that ha- that is very fast and explosive and is a good blocker.
1: Yeah, like, Hawkinson last year yeah. was such a good blocker and a good receiver that he was, like, an elite tight end prospect.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, uh, my number one, my number one tight end in, in this year's class is Adam Troutman uh, from Dayton. He has incredible size. Like when you watch the film, you're just like, oh my god, this dude is huge. Um, and he moves a very, he's moves smoothly for a guy his size. Uh, doesn't have like elite speed. Uh, but it's better than Colt Kometz. Uh, he can, he, he's a decent route runner, a pretty good route runner. Um. And he's a very good blocker, especially in the run. He's a very good uh, blocker in the run game, and he can make some incredible contested catches. I think what separates him from Cole Komet is the physical traits. His are just better, um, and so I'm I'm gonna have him in my number one spot. It's close though; it really is.
1: Yeah, I didn't really watch him. He he made my top five at number five, Right. but I didn't I didn't really watch him so unfortunately i yeah. i don't know much about him my number one was cole Komet though uh, from notre dame six foot six 262 uh he's a big guy long arms physical receiver and he's a pretty good blocker i didn't i didn't think he was that bad as a blocker um but he's not like a really good blocker by any means he, wow. he's he's a solid blocker though uh yeah. i mean like you said he's his physical traits aren't off the charts or anything he's just kind of a He kind of reminds me of Jason Witten a little bit where he's not like super athletic, but he's just a good, solid tight end. He's reliable. He's
0: a good tight end. He's a good tight end. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I like Cole Komet. When I watched him on Texas, I was like, this tight end class is going to suck if Cole Komet's the consensus number one tight end just because he's not flashy. Yeah. But, But I like him a lot. I'm moving on to the offensive tackle. Or no, we're going to do the offensive line. Yeah, um, we're gonna, so we're doing our, to our top that.
1: five. It was kind of, you know, we were kind of running out of time to get this podcast done before the draft. So we didn't want to have to worry about having to watching watch a bunch of, like, extra offensive linemen. So we decided to just do all offensive linemen combined instead yeah. of having to do top five tackles and top yeah. five cheer offensive line so here are our top five offensive linemen and hey, mine it, i don't know about yours but mine are all tackles so
0: oh really okay yes. uh mine aren't uh but hey if, if chris Sims can do that because he did that on his spot we can too so yeah cut us cut us some slack my number five is going to be caesar ruiz from michigan he's a center uh but he can't play guard and center um he's got good strength and athleticism uh he can move into the into the uh I don't, what am i trying to say he can move upfield um and take out linebackers he's got really good mobility um and he's really good when pulling and or move when he's like acting as a pulling guard he's got really good mobility and he can do that at a high level i think this guy's going to go in the first round and, and he should he's a very good interior offensive lineman and yeah. he and he, he's got really good hands and he's just overall a very good center
1: I like Ruiz a lot and I almost put him at five which I think probably would have made our offensive line group the exact same but instead I put my guy and you know I've been I've been kind of hyping this guy up a, a little bit. Austin Jackson from USC is my number five six foot five 320 pounds. He's only 20 years old so he's got time to develop. he is he is raw like he's super strong though and I think like his upside, Makes him a better prospect than Ruiz. I like Ruiz a lot, but I like Jackson. He's a young guy, like really young. I think I don't think he's the youngest, but I think he's one. Of, he's one of the youngest players in the draft. Yeah. Uh, he over the off season, I think last year or two years ago, actually donated bone marrow to his sister, which like led him to completely miss like summer workouts and like spring camp, all of that he he missed all of that so he kind of started the season without that and you know started the season a little bit behind so i think he can get a lot better like he he didn't look great last year but he has a lot of traits that i think gms are not going to want to pass up especially considering how young he is
0: yeah he does have really good traits like he's got he's got good mobility he's got the size of a franchise offensive tackle his film last year was terrible though It really was, and I can't put him in my top five. Even if we just did offensive tackles, he would not have been my top five. I understand. Uh, But but there's upside, and I think he was really hindered by that bone marrow transplant. Um, So there's a lot of upside, and so I would definitely take him in the second round. I see the potential in him. But yeah, okay, so moving on, uh, number four, I have Tristan Wirtz out of Iowa. And he's getting so much hype, especially after his combine performance, which— was incredibly impressive. He's he's got unreal athleticism for an offensive lineman. Um, he's and he's versatile. He can play guard and tackle. Uh, but here's the thing with worse. He's got terrible pass sets. He overextends, and which which leaves to bad footwork. And he gives up the inside shoulder too often. And so guys are able to bull rush him. And he just gets beat way too much to be a top three offensive lineman in this class for me. He just does. I don't think he can play tackle in the NFL. I think he needs to move inside the guard. Um, he, he can be really successful in that because he has incredible athleticism. You can use him to pull. Um, and and there are plays where he looks really great at, at tackle. He's just too inconsistent. That's why I have him at four. I like Wirfs. I think he should be picked in the top 15. I just don't know if he can play tackle in the NFL
1: yeah my number four is Andrew Thomas from Georgia six foot five 315 pounds very powerful tackle uh, he's very very competitive nature he tries to you know beat the guy every time like you want uh but he, he's a little bit of a slow mover he's not like wow. a super athletic tackle uh, so that's kind of why I have him at four behind Wörfs. I think worfs worfs problems are fixable enough to where like Thomas I don't know if he can fix like not being as athletic as Wörfs.
0: Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my number three, or uh, my number three, is actually Andrew Thomas. Um, he's very strong and he's a consistent pass blocker. Isn't as physically gifted as Werps, but he's more technically refined and he's a great run blocker. My one gripe with him is that he exposes his chest way too often. If you expose your chest at the next level, these edge rushers are going to bull rush you. And knock you on your back. It's going to happen. Khalil Mack is going to kill Andrew Thomas if he exposes his chest. He's going to die. Like, Khalil yeah. Mack will eat him alive. Uh, but I think he's just a very, very good offensive tackle. I don't know why people are so low on him. I, I would take him top ten. Uh, I like him a whole lot.
1: Yeah, my number three is Tristan Wirth. So I guess our three and four is kind of flip-flop. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. All these guys are, are really like prototypical size. I didn't see anybody that was really undersized, especially no. like at tackle. Like Cesar Ruiz might be a little undersized, but he's an interior offensive lineman. So it's no. okay for him to be, you know, he's like six foot three. Uh, but yeah, Tristan Worf, six foot five, 320 pounds, super athletic. He ran a 485, 40 yard dash at 320 pounds. That's phenomenal. Uh, so super athletic tackle. He does need to fix the footwork. Like, his footwork is atrocious. Yeah. So, and I, in my opinion, I think he would look better at guard where he has, like, two guys beside him instead of having to protect the edge and, you know, doesn't have have to worry about the guy getting around him necessarily.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Uh, my number, our number two and our number one is going to be the same. I originally had Andrew Thomas at number two, but I cannot overlook the physical prowess of... Of Makai Becton from Williamville. Okay, the first time I watched, he's so big. Dude, he's so big. The first time I watched him, I was like, I was like, I turned it on and I was like, You're like where is he? What? Oh, there he is. <laughs> I was like, where? Oh my god! Look at that human being! I was like, this dude is a mammoth. He Bro, he's so almost three hundred seventy pounds. This man is big, and he was three hundred and ninety-two pounds before the season started. That is so. This crazy. dude was almost four hundred pounds.
1: I mean, That's he's insane. like six foot eight. I mean, he's six yeah. seven and some change, but almost six yeah.
0: foot eight. Yeah, he's got incredible raw power. His strength, he he just kills guys with his hands. And he's extremely like I said, he's got extremely powerful hands, the the most powerful in the class. He's very athletic and mobile. His footwork is amazing, um, especially for a guy his size. But even if he was like six four, he'd still be great. Um, he's a very good run blocker. He does need to improve his processing. There are some plays where guys beat him, um, but his physical traits are amazing. Doesn't get beat that often. Um, he's a spectacular tackle. Plug and play him. A lot of people will call him developmental. I'm like, bro, like I'll just stick him, in, put like start him day one and just try to beat him. He's a, dude, to he's a grown
1: him. man. He's a grown yeah. man. He's gonna throw even NFL defensive ends. He's gonna throw them around.
0: Yeah, you can start him, and you don't have to worry about him getting beat. Like, even though he can improve his technique a little bit, he, you can still trust him to be a, a very, very good starting tackle day one.
1: Yeah. He's my number two as well. Uh, Six foot seven, 360. Yeah. He's huge. Yeah. He's huge. Ridiculously powerful, like you said. Uh, and, like, the upside. I think he can get even better than he is, which yeah. is insane. He is so good. It's wow. just – it's because of how big he is, and he's super. He's like really athletic for his size. I don't remember what he ran. I think he ran a five flat forty.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is great for a, ta- a tackle, especially yeah. a six eight like two two sixty five tackle. Yeah, like that's great.
1: Yeah, he's fantastic. Hold on, let me look at his forty time real quick. I I might. I don't want to miss I think miss...
0: five hundred one. I think it was five. Yeah,
1: no, no, five ten. It was a it was a five oh, five 10, one 10. forty yard dash. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. great. He would be the number one tackle in most classes. But there's yeah. a guy from Tuscaloosa named Jedrick Wills who is awesome. He's flawless. He's great in pass protection, great in run. He fits a man in zone schemes. He's got beautiful technique. He's extremely mobile. He's got amazing footwork. Knows how to use his hands. Um, and he just doesn't get beat, like, inside, outside. He just does not get beat ever I love Jacob Wills. He's the best tackle in this class. Easy.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, flexible with fluid hips, great footwork, powerful tackle. Uh, the only knock I could find on him at all was that he needs to work on being able to recognize blitzes a little bit more. That's the only thing. Yeah. So he, he's really good. I, I like Wills a lot. Yeah. I, I thought about putting Becton ahead of Wills, but Wills is just like, Wills is like ready to plug in at right tackle right now and could like make a Pro Bowl as a rookie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah.
0: I love this tackle class. It's so good. I do too. All okay. right. Edge rush. Moving on the Let's Edge rush. My favorite part. Well, I don't know. I love this defense. The de- yeah. This draft is so stacked on defense, it's insane.
1: Okay, let me me clarify something real quick. So, Oh, yeah,
0: we do need to clarify edge rushers and linebackers.
1: So, the way I did it, I don't know how you did it. So, like, guys like Zach Bond, um, who is, like, an outside linebacker, I put him at edge rusher because that's what I project him to be. Ryan might have put him at linebacker because that's more of what he projects him to be, but, like, so those guys we kind of did like what we wanted. So if Ryan has Zach Bond as in his top five linebackers and I have him in my top five edge rushers, that's why.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I have Zach Bond and Joshua Ushay as linebackers. So okay, that's cool. That's what I scouted them as.
1: Yeah. Well I I put, yeah, Uche, I put U I put Ushe and Bon, I both put them at, in edge rushers. So. Okay.
0: so yeah, our edge rushers are gonna be totally different. My number five edge rusher is A.J. Epinesa from Iowa. Um, he's super powerful. Like, he, he he has such good raw strength. It's insane. He's got long arms, and he destroys tackles with hand swipes, and he's a good run run defender. Um, he doesn't have amazing physical traits, like speed, um, explosiveness, and he doesn't have bend, like much bend or flexibility. So I think he projects better as a 3-4 defensive end. You just yeah. never saw him play that in Iowa. So I don't know how successful he's gonna be at the next level. Right. He cannot play four three defensive end. He just can't. He's not fast yeah. enough. So I, I that's why I don't hate Epanessa. I do like him. I would not take him first round. It's kinda hard to reject him.
1: Yeah, I have the exact same note. I, I project him to either play 4-3 defensive end, but I think he could thrive at 3-4 defensive end, actually playing inside instead of on the edge. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only problem is you never got to see him play that position. He's yeah. always played, you know, 4-3 uh, defensive end at Iowa. Uh, right. Like you said, super powerful. Uh, he's more explosive than his size would indicate. Like he can, He's actually a little faster than you would think he is for, like, to almost 280 right? um but he is he's a bit stiff as a pass rusher where you want his like hips to be a little more fluid and you, you, so i mean he's not yeah. like like you said he's not like super athletic he's he's but he's just such a big guy yeah and he's super powerful
0: right yeah is he your number so, five
1: yeah, he is also he's my number five as well.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. So um, yeah, I'm
1: unfortunately Ushe did not make my Ushe would have been my number six just behind ooh, Epinesa.
0: Really? Yes,
1: just I'm behind Epinesa.
0: I'm interested I'm interested to see your top five now. Okay. okay. My number four. You're not gonna like this. Um, Terrell Lewis out of Alabama. Ooh, um okay. he is an incredible athlete. He's got really good speed and burst off the line of scrimmage. He has a nasty spin move. Like, his spin move just is (laughs) amazing. Uh, Injuries are concerning, but he he is good against the run. He's just a really, really good defensive end. Um, I think what separates him from Epinesa is his physical traits. Um, His speed, like, he can be a good 3-4 outside linebacker. I don't know. I I don't know if he—I don't think he's got the raw power to be a 4-3 defensive end. Right. Um, but I think, but I think he could be a three-four outside the linebacker, um, because he's very athletic. But yeah, I like him.
1: Yeah, my four is uh, Yeter Matos from Penn State. Uh, project him as a as a four-three defensive end. Uh, good combination of size and speed. He's six foot five, almost two hundred seventy pounds, but still athletic. Like far more athletic than Epinesa. I have yeah. a big gap between Matos and Epinesa. Like between between the Thank top you. four between the top four and Epinesa, there's a big gap. Yeah. So, uh, Matos needs to improve his hands a little bit. He can use his hands more and, and improve that. Uh, but I mean, he's got a lot of production at Penn State. I, I think he'll he'll play well in the NFL.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll talk about you, Gross Matos. Mad- Mad- Matos, Matos, Matos? Uh, I think
1: it's Matos. I, I, I always Matos? say Utergros,
0: Utergros Matos.
1: Matos. I think it's I don't know.
0: You know what? Say it however you want to say it. Utergros Matos. Okay. Uh, my number three. This My number three and my number two are so close. I want to um, just say it is so close to me. But my number three edge rusher is Caleb Von Chason from LSU. Uh, I'm actually surprised by the amount of people that say Clay Vaughan. It's not Clavon. It's Calavon Chaseon. Oh, people,
1: people actually say Clayvon.
0: Yeah. I'm like, what do you know? Can you not say the
1: apostrophe? Yeah, there's it's
0: Caleb Idiots. Say it right. <laughs> Clayvon Chason. This That's dude bad. is one of the most incredible athletes I've ever seen. He's got incredible burst off the line of scrimmage. He's got incredible man and flexibility. He's good solid in zone. Like you can ask him to step back in zone coverage. Um, and, he, and he he he's fine in zone. Um, He's extremely versatile. He can play outside linebacker or defensive end. For most of the year, he didn't play with any power at all. But he did against Oklahoma. And the game against Oklahoma gave me some hope that he could possibly play 4-3 de- defensive end at the next level. And I think he could thrive. I just need to see him do that more consistently. So, um, but... I just need to see him play with more power. Uh, he will need to develop power moves and more counters to become an, an elite edge rusher, but the physical traits are there. He's amazing. I love chase on. He's awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh on actually my number two, uh, but number three right now, I have Zach bond from Wisconsin, uh, six foot two, 238 pounds, uh, super twitchy and explosive off the edge. He uses his hands to his advantage to move through tackles. He's surprisingly good in coverage. I didn't realize that he was actually like pretty good in coverage. I, I'm sure that's part of the we- reason why you have him at linebacker uh, because of his, his skills and coverage. Uh, he is a little bit undersized to be like an edge rusher. Uh, he's, you know, only six foot two. Uh, and, I, you know, I project him as a three, four outside linebacker, not a defensive end. So I, I can see teams, you know, using him in more of a versatile role where he's rushing the passer and dropping into coverage kind of, comparable to kyle van noy for the new england patriots who is i think on the dolphins now um so very similar to him uh yeah. but i like i like bon
0: a lot yeah me too i like bon a lot yeah he the kyle van noy comparison is amazing but he's more athletic he's got a lot more juice right, right, right. than family uh my number two is universe matos from penn state this guy's super underrated I, I mean, I don't know why people are talking about him going to 27. Put this dude in the top 20 along with Caleb on chase on. They are both fantastic. They're, they are the uh, – I think you can flip-flop these guys, um, but they are the second and the third best uh, edge rushers in this class easily, in my opinion. Gris Matos. where do I begin? He's got – he doesn't have as good a flexibility and bend as chase on – but for his size, it's pretty good. Like it's not bad. Like he can dip his shoulder and get inside of tackles pretty well. He's got ex- extremely long arms. Um, like he can probably slap me from here. Like from he can slap me here in Georgia all the way from Pennsylvania. Probably. Um, he has a nice variety of pass rush moves. His hands and his feet move in sync. Um, his technique is um, is really really good. Um, he's he's solid against the run. Um, I think he's better against the run than Terrell Lewis. Um, but I don't think he's great, uh, but he's good against the run. He can disengage from tackles and, and um, tackle running backs coming through holes. I, but, but his, his mm-hmm. technique is what I like so much about him. He's got very, very good technique. He's got more raw power, and and his technique combined with that strength is why I have him above Chason. I
1: yeah. think it's
0: close, though. I think it's super close.
1: I agree. Okay, so I'm interested to know if you had classified Bond as an edge rusher, where would you have had him in your top five? Would you have had him in your top
0: five? Oh, no, oh yeah, easy four. Like he would have been four. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. he would have been um, behind Chase on. I, I think I there's you. like, there's Chase, there's Chase Young is going to be our one. I don't like, I, I, I spoiled it, yeah, but it's obvious. I mean, it's obvious. obvious. If, if
1: you don't understand that Chase Young is going to be our one, please get off of our podcast.
0: Yeah, to me, it's Chase Young. Then it's a gap. Then it's Bruce Motos and Chaseon. Then it's a gap. And then if you put Bon at edge, then it's Zach Bond. Then it's just everybody else.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, uh, so number two for me is Caleb On Chaseon from LSU. A super athletic pass rusher. I mean, super freak athlete. Uh, he can also drop into coverage. Uh, he's super like flexible and bendy. Uh, but the production for him wasn't really there. I was he no he's not a one-year starter is he no uh-uh. uh i, I know think so. he I might know. be because he's had he's had an injury plague college career so far like in 2018 yeah. he didn't play the whole season because of an acl thing and uh acl thing torn acl and uh last year he missed two games
0: yeah so. i don't know the, i did forget to mention the production i don't like I don't really care Well the
1: production the product well I think production is important but it would be different if we didn't see any production at all for the whole year. Like at the end of the year, he turned yeah. it up a notch and kind right. of started going off. So right. you actually got to see a glimpse of what he could be once he gets, you know, into the NFL and they're actually coaching him up a little more.
0: Yeah, and people are just like, Well, he doesn't have any production. Well, like he's got the physical tools, he's got the explosiveness, he's athletic, got got um Solid hands, solid technique. Uh, and at the end of the year in the playoffs, he was fantastic. Like, I get the production wasn't there. And that, I mean, I guess I don't like, I mean, it's a bit of an issue for me, but it's not, it doesn't kill Chase on as a prospect to me.
1: I saw a good comp for him that I, wow. I liked Alden Smith. Yeah. Ha- I like that comp.
0: Chase on, I,
1: can Taysan do 19 and a half sacks in his second season? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, I
0: really we'll see. Like I, I I think it would be interesting to see him in a, like, a 4-3 Sam linebacker role, like a 4-3 outside linebacker, like, with the Patriots. Just imagine if they got their hands on him and put him yeah. at outside linebacker and let him play, like, 2011 Von Miller. Yeah. And I mean, I
1: haven't. I have projected as a three four outside linebacker. I think that's probably what he's most likely to play. But yeah, that could be interesting too.
0: If he develops more if he gets stronger and develops some power moves, I think he could thrive as a four three defensive end. Defensive end. Yeah. I just don't know if he will. All
1: right, number one is Chase Young. Yeah. That's easy. all we're gonna
0: say. Like bye. Yeah. <laughs> like 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 he, he's so fast and explosive and flexible. Like he. When he gets around that offensive tackle, he flattens his route to the quarterback at 7 yards. That is freaking ridiculous. That's insane. and It's just it's beautiful watching him play. He completely ach- changed opponents' game plans. Like, against Clemson, Clemson ran a totally different offense. They ran so many more screens and fade routes, and they ran the ball away from Chase Young every play because he's a freaking demigod. He's amazing. And he's unblockable one on one. If you if you don't if you don't double team him, he's going to maybe not sack you, but he's going to pressure your quarterback. And if you block him with a tight end, GG, the play's over. Like he's gonna kill your quarterback.
1: The crazy thing is he, he can still get better. That's the crazy
0: thing. Yeah. Like he only used like one move last year. He only used hand swipes. And and there were times where guys were exposing their chest and he didn't bull rush them when he should have. So, like, he can get better. Like, wh- what? He's already, yeah. like, one of the greatest edge rush prospects I've ever seen. And he can get better. This is insane.
1: Yeah, the Redskins are going to be clown. Or like, we're going to clown the Redskins if they don't take him. Yeah. Imagine if they take two Tua, too. We, we have to clown them. I'm not I'm not gonna clown them as hard as I would if they took like Herbert or somebody like that. Uh, but I, just, I would still like clown them take, passing Chase Young to take, take an injury prone quarterback.
0: I mean, imagine if they took Simmons. I I will I will I would
1: respect that. I will not clown that as much. I would still not be happy. I would still say that was a terrible decision you should have taken, Chase Young. But I like Simmons a lot.
0: Yeah. Chase Young's the best. The best player in the draft
1: yeah that's that's in my notes right here best prospect in the class great what? speed off the edge he throws tackles around he's got he's got that kind of strength and like that swipe move he's just like sending guys uh i mean he's projected as a 4-3 defensive end i'd be interested to see him at outside linebacker just like rushing standing up i'd be yeah. interested to see him like be able to use that speed a little more
0: yeah yeah I want wanna say
1: I don't think you get the same like power if he was watching right. like, standing up
0: yeah, that's one thing we chase on. he always played two technique and if you don't know what two technique that means you're like standing like, on both like you're just standing up right, um, right. he never played three tech where he's on both legs and one hand on the ground he never played he did what well, he he did sometimes but he didn't play that often, which is when you you would play that kind of technique if you were, like at defensive end um so that's why I don't know. Like, he could play 4-3 defensive end. I don't know if he will. But yeah. yeah, right. this age rush class, like, is so good.
1: Fantastic, yeah. All right, yeah. defensive tackles. Woo! All right, I'll start. So, number five, I have uh, Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma. Uh, Six-foot-two, 304, a little bit undersized for a defensive end, like, a little on the shorter side. But we've seen with, like, guys like Aaron Donald that that's not really a big deal. Like no. the NFL is evolving to where short kings can rule. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, As, a shor- As
0: a short king myself, I approve of your <laughs> message.
1: Thank you. The super quick uh, four, seven, nine, 40 yard dash. I think that was the quickest among all defensive tackles. Um, it, it's probably the quickest among defensive tackles in a you know, fat minute. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of raw he's like he's raw though he he needs to be developed a little more he's got a really high motor though he he never stops he's he, he you know he doesn't stop until the whistle blows uh very active hands so he uses his hands a lot he, he he's pretty good with his hands but he can definitely get better uh, he's just on the ground too much he gets he gets pushed over too much right. so but he has a lot of traits to work with where i think he could be he can end up being really good
0: yeah um my number five is, it's just a matter came from Texas A&M. Okay. One guy I want to talk about a little bit, Rayquan Davis from Alabama. I did think he take your top five? You, no, he did not. But if you unleash him at the next level, I think he could be very good. In 2017, he was fantastic. This year, they like asked him to do different things. Like They didn't ask him to like, they didn't let they didn't unleash him and let him ru- like rush the passer as much, right? I think if you do, like he's he's got the size of D. Force Buckner. Yeah,
1: he's like six it, seven, isn't he, or six six?
0: Yeah, and he's got unreal power, but and but they just asked him to like fill gaps. But I think if you unleash him at the next level, he could be really good. So right. I just want to say that. But just about a week, he's good. He's versatile. He played uh, nose tackle, three tech, and defensive end at AM. and and he played well in all three. He's got pretty good burst off the line of scrimmage. Not as good as, like, Ross Blacklock or Neville Gallimore. Um, but he's solid. And uh, he's got good penetration skills. And there are some times where he does a good job of getting to the quarterback, for especially for a defensive tackle. Um, he does get outworked by a longer offensive linemen, which that can be an issue. Um, it was really hard to rank to find the number five defensive tackle. I'm very confident in my top four. My four and my three could be flipped, but I'm I'm very confident in my top four. Number five was really kind of hard.
1: Yeah. Number four for me is uh, Jordan Elliott from Missouri. Uh, He's kind of on the leaner side. He's 6'4", only 300 pounds. Kind of, kind of similar to Ross Blacklock, who's also on the leaner side for defensive tackles. Uh, super quick and athletic, strong defensive tackle, active hands, similar to Neville Gallimore. But the production at Missouri is kind of low, lower than than you want for like a for for a defensive tackle that you're talking about taking like second round, yeah. I guess. Right. Like, cause he's he's gonna be a. I don't think he's gonna make the first round, but uh, he'll definitely yeah. be a day two guy.
0: Yeah, he'll be a so. day two guy.
1: But the production um, is just kind of low.
0: Yeah, like surprisingly a second, low. Oh, yeah. Has uh, day two always just been second round? Like, was it that way last year?
1: I don't think so. I thought last year it was second and third round.
0: Because that's two what was, I always, it's just second round.
1: Oh, really? I think that's yeah. different. Because I'm pretty sure day two is usually second and third round. I might be completely wrong. Yeah.
0: If that's but, the case, then Elliot's probably gonna go day three, like in the third round.
1: Probably. I think he could make the maybe second, later. Second I think round. he could make late second round
0: yeah yeah my number four is Ross Blacklock I originally had him at three but I moved him to four he's kind of he's like a combination of the the explosiveness that Neville Gallimore has and the in the gap filling ability of Derrick Brown not but he's not he's not as dominant as those two in my opinion Ross Blacklock fills gaps with power. He's good at, good at using his strength to push the pocket, even when double teamed. Um, he's got a lot of juice and athleticism, and he can fill multiple gaps, which is very valuable um, and will be valuable at the next level. Um, he Even when he's not sacking the quarterback, he's still pushing the pocket, get, getting pressure on the quarterback. I think he's very talented. I think you can make an argument that he um, could be my number three, I value pass rushing more, um, so my number three is a very good pass rusher, which is why why he's going to be ahead of Blacklock. I really like Blacklock. I would take him first round.
1: Yeah, well, I will make that argument because Blacklock is my number three. Okay. Um, so he he's very lean. He's six foot three, two hundred ninety pounds, not even three hundred pounds. Super athletic for a defensive tackle. Quick hands. Uh, he plays. He plays like a defensive end. He, he's he's a good pass rusher for a defensive tackle. Uh, he's just on the ground a little too much, similar yeah. to Neville Gallimore. I mean, I guess it's just kind of their style of play. They're more like trying to get to the quarterback, and they just get thrown over sometimes. Um, there is a little bit of injury history with Log. He missed all of twenty eighteen with an Achilles tear. So, yeah. and, and that that can be brutal. So, right. but I, I mean, he, he looked fine last year. So. Yeah. I, I assume that he's all right, uh, but that's my number three. I think he can be really good. I I would take him first round easily.
0: Yeah, I like Blacklock. There were a few plays where they were like using him on stunt on stunts, and, and he was getting to the quarterback. I, I really like Blacklock. Um, it, it I had him at three. I can, I number four, number three for me is easily uh, swappable. My well, number three is Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma. Wow, he is twitched up and explosive. He's got a lot He's got really, really good hands. He knows how to use them. He's a very good pass rusher. He doesn't have the power or the penetration skills to be like a three tech like Ross Blacklock does, but he's going to dominate as a pass rusher in one on one situations. He, he's scheme specific. Like you would ask, you're not going to be able to be like, hey, play nose tech, play three tech, um, play. play play like all these different positions like you could black lock um but he, he is a very very good pass rusher for a defensive tackle he's very athletic very mobile um and he, he made life very difficult for a lot of offensive lines this year especially in texas and baylor i really like gallimore a lot
1: yeah uh the top two defensive tackles are are much bigger than the rest i guess we did we have the no you had uh, the guy from texas a&m I was about to say, we have the same top five guys, but I had Jordan oh. Elliott in there. Uh, but the the top two guys are a lot bigger than everybody else. Uh, so my number two is Javon Kenlaw from South Carolina. Six foot five, three almost 330 pounds, uh, 300, 325 pounds. Uh, he's got a terrifying bull rush. He's got heavy hands. He's explosive off the line. He is a great pass rusher. I, I think... You you got the top two guys. I am sorry to spoil it, but the top two guys are Derek Brown and Javon Kenlaw. I think that's yeah. pretty much unanimous among everybody. Whatever
0: order, whatever order. It's close. Yeah. But
1: yeah it's close yeah. to me. Um, but I think Kenlaw is the better pass rusher, where Brown is the much better run stopper. I think that's kind of how you separate those two guys. Uh I think Kenlaw can work on his technique a little bit. He's he's raw. Like he needs to work on his technique so that he can be a, more of a consistent pass rusher,
0: yeah. So yeah, Uh is my number two, and and man, there were some plays where I watch him, and I'm like, this dude is like what, the best defensive tackle in the class. Then there are some plays where I'm like, oh, eh, he's a little inconsistent with his pass rush. But he's got incredible raw power and strength. He's very fast, got amazing get-off off the line of scrimmage. And he overpowers offensive linemen routinely. There was one play against Georgia where he, like, threw a guard. And I was like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> what do we have here? Like, yeah. this dude is special. He's like, in my opinion, he's going to be a DeForest Buckner. That's what he's going to be. going to be that kind of guy. He's going to be one of the best defensive tackles in the league. And, look, he could possibly go to San Francisco at 13. I think that would be a great fit. Replace Buckner with a guy who has that kind of potential and a much cheaper contract. That would be great. I like Ken Law a lot. Um, I just don't think he can do as many things as Derrick Brown can. Um, Kenlaw has a little bit of growing to do. Like he, he, you're not gonna ask him to be like, "Hey, stop the run," be, like fill fill multiple gaps. You can't ask him to do as many things as Derek Brown can, but he, he his pass rush ability is amazing.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, speaking of Derek Brown, number one for me, Derek Brown from Auburn. Uh, Javon Kenlaw and Derek Brown. I didn't realize this. I always thought Kenlaw was a little because Kenlaw looks leaner than Brown does. Like Kenlaw looks kind of lean, and he looks he looks longer and leaner than Derek Brown does on film. To me, to me at least, I don't know if you felt the same way. Uh, But they're like almost the exact same size. Like they're both six foot five, both three hundred twenty five pounds. Yeah. So I I did not. It did not look that way on tape. Uh, but Derrick Brown, elite combination of size and strength. He eats up blocks, especially double teams. Like he just eats through double teams. He especially like helps the rest of the defensive line get to the passer because they're able to get on one on one because he's he's taking up all the double teams. Um, he's an elite run stopper and he's a decent pass rusher. He definitely needs to work on that to be a better pass rusher, but he is a decent pass rusher still. Yeah. Uh, not as good as Ken Law, but he the the. As good as he is, as a run stopper kind of makes up for that, for sure.
0: Yeah, Brown, amazing strength and power. Uh, you might notice I said he isn't known as an elite pass rushing defensive tackle. You're not going to – like, coaches are not going to be like, hey, Brown, yeah, go go get the passer. No, they're not going to ask him to do that. But he – I think he's he's got the potential to be a good pass rusher. There's plays where he throws guys out of the way. He's got decent hands. Like, if he improves his technique – He he can be very good as a pass rusher. That's not going to be his role at the next level, though. He routinely collapses the pocket, forces quarterbacks to scramble. Um, He's an incredible run stopper. He just eats up blocks, like you said. Just powers through. um, Fills gaps with power. He he eats up double teams. Like even if he is double teamed, he fights through them. It's it's extremely impressive, and he's very mobile for his size. Like he can move around pretty well. Um, and but yeah, he's amazing. He killed Lloyd Cushenberry. Like when I was watching Lloyd Cushenberry, I started off with the Auburn game, which was who is who is
1: a very good. He's a yeah, very good he's interior awesome. offensive like,
0: lineman. I really like him a lot. But I, I turned on the Auburn game, and I was like, when why do when people like this guy? Because because Derrick Brown made him look like he needs to like go in the scrub. fourth round. Right. Yeah. Brown took him out to the woodshed. Brown killed him. He, he's amazing. Like he's is. I, I don't think it's as close for me as it is for others. I don't think there's like a huge gap. But I think um these two players, Ken Law and Brown, will just fill different roles. And so for different exactly. team different yeah. teams will want will want one guy over the other. Um but I, I like them both. They're both amazing. They're both top ten top ten picks. Like they both yeah. should go top ten.
1: For sure. Uh so moving on to linebacker again. Ryan and I's linebacker rankings are going to look different. Ryan's going to have some guys in his linebacker rankings that I had in my edge rusher rankings. Um, So this is, for me, they're pretty much all inside linebackers, basically. They all played, you know, either, you know, uh, 4-3 inside linebacker, outside linebacker, or they just played, you know, 3-4 inside linebacker. Um, So this is like nobody's rushing the passer, basically. Right. Uh, so my number five linebacker is malik harrison from ohio state um long linebacker he's six foot three uh 250 pounds uh played he's versatile he played inside out and outside linebacker at ohio state he's got great instincts near the line of scrimmage uh one thing about him is that he gets tricked by play action a lot uh he he just bites on it and has trouble like getting back into coverage, so that is something definitely has to work on. He's got solid speed. He's the slowest linebacker out of my top five at a four, six, six, 40 yard dash in, in terms of forty yard dash times, um, but still very good linebacker. Uh, probably a probably a day three guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Malik Harrison. There's a few linebackers that I was not impressed by their sideline to sideline speed. Harrison was one of them and Willie Gay was another from Mississippi State. Uh, they, they just were getting – gosh, were just running past them, and it was, like, not even close at times. Uh, but yeah. my number five linebacker is Joshua Ushay from Michigan. He's very versatile. He's pretty good as an edge rusher, but he's also athletic enough to play in coverage. They played him in coverage a lot as an outside linebacker. So I think he'll be effective as, like, a 3-4 outside linebacker or possibly, like, a 4-3 outside linebacker. Um and I, I watched him go up against Tristan Worse. Did a nice job and there were a few times where he hit worse with some rip moves, dipped his shoulder and got past him. Um and I was really impressed. He can fit multiple schemes. I like I like you Shane. He, he's gonna go day two. He's gonna or or day three. Um uh, but I really, really like him. He's just a very athletic getting good, in, good in coverage he can rush the passer you can ask him to do a lot of things and he'll do it at a high level
1: yeah uh my number four is jordan brooks linebacker from texas tech uh little you know shorter six foot uh 240 pounds he's a uh, really good against the run uh, got great instincts at the line of scrimmage uh he's really good at avoiding blocks he doesn't like when, when the the guards are like pulling and getting to the the second level, he's really good at not getting eaten up by that, uh, and he's got good speed for a linebacker four, five, four, 40 yard dash. So yeah. I, I like him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you watch Logan Wilson at all?
1: Is that guy that guy from Wyoming? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's, uh, I was about to say that. I did not get a chance to watch him. The, from what I've like read about him, it sounds like he might have made my top five. I, have, I did not get a chance to watch him.
0: So yesterday we talked about doing this, and we decided to do this today instead of yesterday, and I, I, I made the switch. I switched Zach Vaughn and Yushe to, to linebacker. Um, I originally had William Wilson as, a top, as my five. This is really instinctive. Someone's going to get him day three, and they're going to love this guy. He he can be a starter, and he can be a very, very good starter. He's very instinctive, good against the run. He's a great tackler, got good speed. I know he played at Wyoming, but this dude's good. He's got a chance to be very, very good. I like him a lot. But uh, my number four is Zach Bogg from Wisconsin. Thought about putting him at three. I put him at four. I mm. think you can put him at three. It kind of hurts me to put him at four because I like Bond so much. Um, he's extremely twitchy, very explosive. He's he's very athletic. Um, as an edge rusher, has a nice variety of pass rush moves, can use hand swipes, spin moves. He's really good in that department. He's really reliable in coverage. Does not play with a lot of power? Does it have, like, a lot of raw strength? Um but I like his. I like how he can play in different schemes. Like he can be a three-four outside linebacker or a four-three outside linebacker. Just imagine him as a four-three outside linebacker for the Patriots. Like he's like you said earlier, Kyle Van Noy with more juice. That's what he is. I think he's a perfect fit in New England. Uh, I honestly, in my mock draft, don't have him going there, but he would be a perfect fit there. I'd love to see him in New England.
1: Yeah. Uh, my number three linebacker is Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. Um, great speed on him. Four, five, two, 40 yard dash. I mean, the forty yard dash doesn't tell everything about your speed, uh, but you, when you watch him on field, like on uh, like on tape, excuse me, uh, his like sideline to sideline speed is insane. He's got insane range for a linebacker. Um, he's really good against the run. He actually, I'm pretty sure he's a four year starter at Oklahoma. I might be wrong in saying that. Um, but had a lot of production in terms of tackles for loss. He averaged 15 tackles for loss per year over the past two years. Um, so his instincts, in my opinion, are not as good as, like, my top two who are Patrick Queen or Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, well,
0: but we, we still both has, have the same top three.
1: Yeah, but he still has, in my opinion, he still has good instincts.
0: Yeah. I agree with everything you said like he does have great sides on the sideline speed is a fantastic tackler what what um, separates him and Queen is instincts I don't think he has great instincts he's uh, I think Brett Coleman a guy that I follow on Twitter I watch his videos on YouTube he's a very he, he's very knowledgeable about the game of football I think he put it best he's more of a guesser. Um, now instead of, uh, instead of just reading defenses and just knowing what to do, he's more, he's more guessing at this point. I think he can improve. I like Kenneth Murray. Um, but he's got to improve his instincts and, but yeah, he's my number three and we both have the same top two. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Number two, Patrick Queen from LSU, a little on the smaller side, six foot, 230 pounds. Uh, but his production or like, yeah, his tape got better as the season went on. Uh, he looked fantastic near the end of the season when they were playing Georgia, and when they got into the playoffs, he's got great instincts for a linebacker. He's just a natural linebacker. Um, mm-hmm. Great sideline to sideline speed, possibly faster than Kenneth Murray. I, I, don't, I don't know. Th- they're close. I don't they're think they're he close.
0: I, I, think think they're he close. Knows.
1: I think Murray might be a little bit faster.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but the only. Potential issue with Queen is that he is like only a one-year starter. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's such an issue. Because I mean, like Burrow is. Well, Burrow is not a one-year starter, but Burrow is like a two-year starter, and he's only had like one year of good production. I don't. I I don't knock Burrow for that. So I don't know if this is such a big issue.
0: Yeah, but Queen has really good instincts. Um, good side to sideline to sideline speed. Um, he's great in coverage. He's good against the run. You can blitz him. Um, he can cover running backs and tight ends. I think he's a top fifteen pick, or he he's worth a top fifteen pick. He's not gonna be, but he's worth it. And I, I what what separates separates him and Devin White from not from much Nash's class. Like I just don't,
1: just the fact size? that Devin White, yeah, Devin White was a little bigger, and Devin, Devin
0: White, White was Devin White athletic. maybe
1: a little more athletic and faster, and he started at LSU for a longer.
0: But I would argue Queen has better instincts. Like I don't see I – mean, there's not a huge difference between Devin White and Patrick Queen to me, Like there really isn't. Like, Queen's smaller, maybe a little bit less athletic, but I think he might – I, I, I can see an argument that he's better than Devin White.
1: Ooh, okay. Interesting.
0: He's got better instincts. Easy. Okay. Well, yeah, I think Queen's awesome. I, I love him.
1: Yeah. My number one linebacker, and I'm sure you're number one linebacker too – uh yeah. i mean there's there's possibility to put him at safety so i don't know what you did but isaiah simmons from clemson i think you put him at linebacker six foot four 238 pounds athletic freak he yeah. is freaky athletic a 439 40 yard dash the combine had a great vert too i don't remember all of his all of his thing um stats from the combine but very versatile i mean he played safety he played he played like almost every position on the field at clemson played safety corner linebacker and is good like rushing the passer too he actually finished the season with eight sacks last year at clemson um explosive elite sideline to sideline range he's a hard hitter the speed makes it makes it easy for him to close gaps in coverage and the one thing he needs to work on just a little bit is just like getting off blocks yeah he can work on that, and he's he's fantastic. I mean, he's a he's a top seven prospect.
0: Easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's really good. My number one uh, linebacker is Xavier McKinney. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I can, I'm kidding. Uh, it's Isaiah Simmons. Um, he's versatile. He can play safety and linebacker. I think he's better as a linebacker. Put him close to the line of scrimmage and let him make plays on the ball. He's got elite speed and range. Um, he's a, a good tackler. And he's just really good as a blitzer off the edge, and I think he—he's—I don't think he's like as great of a prospect as people think, uh, and he's still got things to work on. I think he's a little more raw than people than people think, uh, but he's very good. Like he's awesome. Like he—he's a top seven prospect, um, but I see people have him in the top three. And I'm like, I, I would not. I think Jeff Good is better, but Simmons is is gonna be very good. You can't take speed and size, and he's got both. Um, and he's already good enough in coverage and as a tackler for him to be the number one linebacker in the class. He's amazing. Like, he's awesome. I just think there's room to grow. Like he, those times where he takes terrible angles uh, when tackling, like he, like he just takes terrible angles. And I'm like, what are you doing? Simmons? Like, come on. But he, he's good. Like, he's, he's awesome.
1: Yeah. Moving on to corners. I'll let you actually start this with the corners. So
0: All right, go ahead. Yeah. Number
1: five.
0: My number five is Jeff Gladney from TCU, who is physical in coverage. Um, he's not afraid to help out and run support. A little undersized, a little undersized, um, but he's he's sticky in coverage. Uh, uh, here's my main issue with him: They're, too often he gives up outside leverage. Um, I can deal with you giving up inside leverage, but when a guy hits you with a single release and a single move on the release, and you give up outside leverage. No, that's that's just too many big plays, and that's a no no for me. Um, and he gives up too many big plays for me to put him in the top four. But um, he's one of the best man corners in the class. Like I think, like he's like a top, like one of the four best man corners in the class, arguably. Uh, but giving up the outside leverage, I, I I can't have him in the top four. But I like Gladney, and I think he'll. I think he should go first round.
1: Yeah. We actually have the same number five corner. My number five corner is also Jeff Gladney. Um, good man corner, like you said, a very willing tackler.
0: Um, yeah. Oh, I yeah. forgot to mention that. But, yeah, yeah, thank you for uh, yeah. signing up.
1: He's a very willing tackler. I mean, he's he's not afraid to to get up in, in a receiver or even running back's face, and you're yeah. not face, but, you know, take no, him down. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh,
1: he actually also has very good route anticipation. He's very good at being able to anticipate where the receiver's gonna go and stay on him. Um one of the things he needs to work on is actually his hands. I saw a lot of dropped picks from him. Yeah. So I thought that was something he really needed to work on. So yeah, I like Gladney. He oh, is yeah. he is a little bit undersized at five foot ten, but I'm not super worried about that.
0: Well I think it, it it appeared like when he was covering Denzel Mims like there were plays where he could have like, he could have made plays on the ball and just didn't get there. Uh, but I like him. He's also pretty good in zone coverage. There were times when they put there were times when they put him in zone and he shined. I like him a lot. Yeah. Uh, my number four, I really, really like this guy. um Christian Fulton at lSU. Um, but he's not a man he's not a man corner. You're not I, you're not gonna be able to ask him to run to just cover him to go. you're not gonna be able to go, hey, go cover that guy. You're not gonna be able to ask him, you're not gonna be able to ask him to do that for the duration of an of an entire game. He's more of a zone corner. Um, I think you can play him in man, and he can be he can do a, a fine job, um, but he's he's just not consistent enough. There were too many times where I saw guys meeting uh, him on the outside. There were too many times where he would not turn his head. Um, he doesn't have great ball skills. Uh, he's got. I like the way he uses his hands in man coverage. There are too many times where he got be on the outside for me to say confidently that he could be a good man corner. But what he does do super well, and why he's easily a top five corner in this class, is he is amazing in zone. And so if you run a lot of zone, pick this man. This dude is going to dominate in zone coverage. His ability to read quarterbacks' eyes is awesome, and his ability to stop on a dime, put his foot in the ground, and make a break of the ball. Is awesome. He's he's a great corner.
1: Yeah, I I think we have the exact same top five corners.
0: No. Um, my, oh no uh, no we do have the same top five. We're definitely not gonna have the same order. Oh
1: really? I
0: don't think I don't think.
1: Oh I bet I'm I bet I think I know who you put at number two then. Uh, my number four is also Christian Fulton. Um, like you said, super smart zone corner. Uh, forty percent completion percentage given up against him at, over his whole career at LSU. That's phenomenal. Um. The one thing that was questionable was that you know he did get suspended. I'm pretty sure for the whole season in 2017 for falsifying a specimen on a drug test. So, you know, character quality.
0: Yeah, I don't
1: know, but I'm not super worried about yeah. that, especially for a that. corner.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So another another, another negative for Fulton. Is that he was the second best corner on his own team. You you're not like he wasn't even the best corner on his own team. Like the the the, the, the best corner the, on, LSU, the on the true freshman was that true was freshman Eric Stingley. Yeah. Who hot take would have been my number one corner had he come out.
1: Wow. If he was able to come out, yeah.
0: If he was able to come out. As a true freshman, he pro he would have been number two. It it
1: At least. Yeah, at easily least
0: minimum. Like this dude's a beast. So that is a one knock. Like he wasn't, um, uh, he wasn't asked to like go man, go man to man for an entire game, like like Stingley. Uh, but yeah, he's a great zone corner, and he, I, I really like Fulton. All
1: right, let me guess. Let me guess. Your number three corner is it C J Henderson? Is that yes, your three?
0: sir. Yeah. All right. Um, and I don't dislike Henderson. I really like him as a man corner. He's gonna be good. He's going to be good. He is not very good right now. He's got elite traits, physical traits. He's got incredible length and incredible speed and amazing ball skills. Those three make him a top three corner in this class, off rip. There was a play against LSU where he went into bail or went into trail technique against Jamar Chase and did not get beat. That is incredible that like i did not see any other guy do do stuff like that against the best receiver in the country. That that was incredible. Um but my my issues with him. He gives up inside leverage way too often. And there there's a lot of times where he doesn't get his hands on guys and I'm like come on like use your hands. You got incredible. You got long arms. Put your hands on guys and like you you can't give up inside leverage as much as he does. Um and there were some plays where he just looked lost. And he gave up deep balls against Auburn. And some plays where I'm like, wait, this is supposed to be the number two or the best corner in the class? Like, I just don't see it. He's also a poor tackler. Um, but there is so much potential in this guy. He, he's going to be good. Like, I have no um, worries about him being good at the next level. It's going to take some time, though. You're going to have to work with him. Um, the coaching staff that drafts him is going to have to work with him a little bit but he's got all the tools to be great. If I wanted to draft just based on upside, he would be at two. And I struggled with ranking Henderson. I had him at three, then I had him at two, then I put him at three again. It was really tough ranking my three and my two. But Henderson is just a little bit raw, and I don't think he's as good, and I don't think he has as good a technique um, as my number two guy.
1: Yeah. My number three guy is A.J. Terrell, um, corner from Clemson. Uh very good man co- uh, corner is back pedal low and steady. Um, he's, so he's got, he's got a, like a steady back pedal. Um, also like very fluid hips for yeah. Terrell. I, his, his combine workout was really nice. I think it sent his stock rising a lot. Uh, does a really good job at reading quarterback's eyes. I he ended up running a four, four, two 40 yard dash, which is a lot faster than I thought he was going to run. Um, and the, the one thing that everybody's talking about is how he got cooked by Jamar Chase. Bro, so many people have gotten cooked by – like, so many good corners have gotten cooked by Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase would possibly be mm, – this is a hot take, but he could be, like, the number one receiver in this class.
0: I disagree. He would have, like, 100%. I, I, would, have, I would have had him in number one.
1: I would have um, had to, I would have had to like legit watch him compared to some of these guys, but yeah, I could definitely see an argument for like him being the number one yeah. receiver if he was coming out in this class. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Um, I like
1: Terrell a lot. I think like even even in the in the national championship game, he was in the right position a lot of times. It's just, Jamar Chase is so good. Yeah. Like what what are you gonna do?
0: Yeah, I agree. A lot of times. Um, AJ Terrell is my number two corner. Um, he's got good speed and length. Not, it's not as good as CJ Henderson, because CJ Henderson is a different kind of athlete. He he is. Um, but Terrell's got good enough speed and length to be a man corner in the next level. Um, he's got good ball skills, fluid hips, really good technique. He uses his hands. Um, and that hand usage, I like to see that in a corner. Um, especially if I'm going to ask him to be a man corner in the NFL. Um, he isn't afraid to tackle. That's one issue that Henderson has. He's a poor tackler. Um, Ter- Terrell is not. Um, and he, he's got really good technique. He knows how to use the boundary as an extra defender. He's really good in bail technique. Um, he's got good ball skills. The one issue that I saw consistently is that he gets off balance when he has to put in his foot in the ground and break on the ball or make go to make a tackle. There are times where he got off balance, like against Ohio State. So that I don't know if that's gonna be an issue at the next level, but I did notice that. Um I thought he played well against Jamar Chase. He was in his hip pocket all game. He was he was sticky in coverage that game. Um the only times he got beat were on one deep ball where Jamar Chase blatantly pushed off and one play where Joe Burrow made the perfect throw. Um, so it wasn't like Chase was just cooking him. No, like he literally had to push off Terrell to catch a long bomb. And so I thought Terrell was not given the the he was he was being criticized unfairly for that game. I thought he was fine. There were like but it's Jamar chasing Joe Burrow. Yeah, you're gonna get beat sometimes. Like it's gonna happen. It's, like are we gonna? Are we gonna just kill Jalen Ramsey because he gets beat by DeAndre Hopkins sometimes? No, like it, it happens.
1: Right. Yeah, my number two corner is uh, CJ Henderson from Florida, a long corner, six foot one, like Terrell, like they're about the same size. They're both six foot one. Uh, Henderson's a phenomenal athlete, four uh, three nine forty yard dash. Uh, I think he's the fastest corner out of the top five for me. Um, great man, corner did have an off year in twenty nineteen, like. 2018, CJ Henderson was much better than 2019 CJ Henderson. I, I don't really know what caused the decline in like the level of play, yeah. but there was a decline. Uh, and he's he's got really good um, route anticipation, and also he's he's does a good job at being able to watch the, like read the quarterback's eyes when he's in zone. Yeah. So,
0: yeah,
1: I, I like Henderson a lot. I think there's de- there's definitely an argument for Terrell over Henderson. But I, just I know, had I know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Go ahead.
1: I just had Henderson over Terrell uh or Terrell. I, I don't know how you say his last name. Uh just because I Henderson's more athletic and I yeah. just I just think he's a better athlete than than Terrell.
0: He is. And a lot of guys are going to want that. Like it's it's really a preference. I it's so hard. I thought it was very hard to rank these guys. I was like, man, I I like these both these guys so much. And Henderson got better physical traits. I just think right now, the, I, there were just a lot of plays where he looked lost. And I, I didn't see that with Terrell. Um, so that's why I had Terrell as my two. We both have the same one. Um, yeah, Akuta. yes, for like, sure. Akuta from Ohio State is amazing. He's got elite man coverage skills. He's got fluid hips. Doesn't give up inside leverage. He's got fantastic mm-hmm. ball skills. Can change direction on a dime. He's got great reaction time. He's a powerful mm-hmm. tackler. And he's got surprising hit power. Yeah, for him. that was
1: that was something that, that surprised me. Like him and even like when uh, Denzel Ward was coming out, they were both like surprisingly really good tacklers.
0: Yeah, and there were a few plays where he hit guys with power, and I was like, Whoa. wait, what? But yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he can fit in any scheme. He's great in zone, great in man. I don't think he has the ball skills of Henderson or Terrell, but he's got good ball skills. And the only issue with Akuda is that he doesn't have the greatest along speed. Um, but with his technique, I think it's fine. I think his technique more than makes up for it.
1: Right. Uh, I 100% agree. He's also my number one long corner. He has the length to contest all 50-50 balls. Uh, great man corner. Uh, and, I mean, like, he's not super fast like Henderson is but yeah. I mean he he's got like 448 speed which is still good speed. He he's got enough recovery speed to be able to take chances and be like a ball hawk and go for the ball and then still recover and make the play. If yeah. if he can't get to the ball. Right. So I I like Akuda a lot. I think he's I think he's easily the best corner in the class. Like I think there's I don't know if there's a huge gap, but I think there is a gap between like him and Terrell or him and Henderson.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, I don't think he's like so much better than, or uh, no, actually no, I do. I do think he's so much better. Yeah, never mind. I don't know what I was trying to say. No, he is much better. Um, but yeah, the one issue is the long speed, and like I don't think he's like the perfect corner prospect. Uh, and I could see some te- like I could see some people having reservations about taking him top three because of that long speed, like. Like the top, like the best corners of all time did not run a 4 4 8 40. They ran into four threes, and so I could see some people being concerned about that. But his mm-hmm. technique is so good, Like, it's fantastic. Yeah, all right, moving all right. on to safeties. We are almost done with our rankings. Um, my number five is Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan. Uh, Kyle Duggar played out of a small school, which is you. you can't. That is a little bit concerning, but he bought out at the senior role, so I don't really care. Um, he's got really good physical traits. He's tall, and he's got uh, really good speed. He can stop on a dive, put his foot in the ground, and burst out of his break. He also provides re- return potential. Um, he can be a punt returner for you if you need. And he's just got good speed. Um, he's, he's a ball hawk. And, I, I mean, there were a lot of safeties past uh, the top four for me that I loved, Uh, but Kyle Duggar, I like him. I think he can be a very solid safety in the NFL.
1: Yeah. Uh, My fifth safety is Ashton Davis from California. Uh, Tough safety, uh, really fast. I didn't realize that he was so athletic (laughs) until I watched him uh, for, you know, for a white guy being as athletic as he is. I would have been interested to see him run a 40. I wish he had. I think yeah. it would have been I think he could have run in the four fours like honestly he could have yeah. had a really good time um but yeah I, I like him a lot he can be a little reckless as a tackler sometimes like right. he needs to clean that up but there were not a lot of issues that I saw with Davis I liked him a lot
0: yeah yeah um, I love Ashton Davis. My number four is, it's got, and this is surprising, but it's Xavier McKinney out of Alabama. Um, McKinney is great in the box. He's really, really good in the box as a, like, a strong safety. Um, he cannot play free safety. Like He cannot. He does not have the speed for that. You cannot ask him to cover deep. He will get roasted by the fastest receivers in the NFL. Um, but he's a good tackler. He's good as a blitzer. Um, he's got like, pretty good anticipation, and he's good in coverage. But I don't know if he can cover running backs and tight ends at the next level. I don't know if he has the speed for that. I'm a little concerned about that. But as a strong safety in the box, I think he's very good. Yeah,
1: uh, that that's crazy because he's he's actually my number one safety. Yeah. Um, so my number four safety though is Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan. Um, watching him on tape, it can be, it can be actually. Um, a little hard when you're analyzing him because he he might look a lot better than he is sometimes because you're watching him against such lesser competition yeah. that he looks so good right. against all these other guys. He yeah. And he's got all the intangibles in the world. I mean, he's, he's super athletic, got great speed, size, uh, he's explosive. I like Duggar a lot. I like Duggar for his upside. I don't know if he's going to be a starter first year, but I think he could be coached up into being a really good safety.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, moving on to number three, I have Ashton Davis out of California. Um, Davis is a fantastic free safety. He's got incredible range and speed. He's got track star speed. Um, He actually ran track, so that's why. Yeah, his
1: story is actually really interesting. He actually came to Cal on a track scholarship and then walked onto the football team.
0: Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't think he even played. I don't. I might be completely wrong about this, but the way I, I read about it, I don't think he even played football in high school.
0: Hmm. That's interesting.
1: Which is interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah. He has fluid hips, and he isn't afraid to obliterate anybody who dares to enter his vicinity. He kills receivers, and he hits them with a lot of power. Uh, he won't get beat by anybody in the NFL. No one's going to beat him deep. Uh, And there's times where he lets guys beat him by a step just because he knows he's got the speed to make up that ground, which is incredible. Uh, He can play in the box and cover tight ends and receivers, but it doesn't tackle well enough. And he doesn't have the physicality to be used in run support. But I think he provides a lot of value um, as a free safety and playing deep in coverage, which is why I have him above Xavier McKinney. Yeah.
1: My number three, who honestly, I think I could have put him at, at two. Uh, he he, honestly, you could make an argument for him at number one, but that's Antoine Winfield from Minnesota. Uh, a little undersized at five foot seven, but I don't really have that much. Of... Was he five? No, he's five foot nine. Five Excuse nine. me. Five yeah, nine. five nine, not five seven.
0: I don't think he um, can play safety at five seven. Like, I think. Isn't it Tyron?
1: No, I'm, I'm, I may be wrong. I was thinking Tyron Matthews five, seven, but he's also five, nine, isn't
0: he? He's five, nine.
1: Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I like Winfield a lot. He's super instinctive and got great anticipation. He reads the quarterback's eyes really well. He's just a ball hog, bro. He had, I think he led the NCAA in interceptions last year. I think he had seven or eight. I don't remember how many, um, but he had a lot of interceptions last year at Minnesota. Um, he is a little injury prone, though. He missed a lot of time in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen due to injuries. So, so I'm a little worried about that. I'm not sure if that'll carry over. I don't think he missed any time last year, though. So that's a that's a good sign. But yeah. that was just something I noticed that I was a little concerned about.
0: Yeah, um, I love Antoine Winfield, and he is actually my number two safety. Okay, um, I love Winfield. Watching him on film, it, I was like. Dude, this dude's a beast. Why is no one talking about him? He's amazing. He's a, he's a playmaker. He loves to make plays with the ball. He's, and like you said, he's a ball hawk. He chases the ball, forces turnovers, and he's extremely physical for a guy his size. He may be five nine, but he plays like he's six feet tall. Um, he, he's just really, really good. And he can cover slot receivers if necessary. I don't know if he has the size for you to put him in the box and ask him to cover tight ends. Um, he definitely has the speed and the athleticism to do that. Um, but like uh, you could ask him to cover slot receivers, and he can do that. I love Antoine Winfield. He 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 just plays with so much ferocity and speed, and he makes plays on the ball. I, I really like him. He's a really good tackler. He's like Tyron Matthew, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Uh, my number two safety, who I assume is your number one safety, is Grant Delpit from LSU um last year i feel like the production and the 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 film kind of like showed a a decrease from 2018 to 2019 i thought he was really good in 2018 but also in 2019 you have to consider that he was playing through a high ankle sprain the whole year um he's really good in coverage he's he he just really needs to work on being a better tackler that's his biggest issue, in my opinion, is that he needs to work on being a better tackler. He had a lot of missed tackles last year, especially in the Texas game. There were a lot of of tackles that he just whiffed on. Uh, yeah. But I like him a lot. He's he's good in coverage. He's he's a good free safety, and when he does make a tackle, he's he's a pretty good like hard hitter. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, um, Grant Dunlap is my number one. And this is more of a projection. Like I think, I think he has the upside. This is more of like an upside um, pick here. Um, he's amazing in coverage. He's got incredible speed um, and size, and he's got amazing range as a free safety. He ran a forty-yard dash, um, and he ran a four-three-nine. Not at the combine, Whoa. he ran Whoa. it at like a pro day. I don't know where I saw this online. I. I assume it's. I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that. But I saw that he ran a 4.39.40, which is incredibly impressive. He's got the speed um, to cover receivers and tight ends. He's got really good instincts, really good ball skills, um, and he has the the physicality to play down in the box and run support. The issue is just tackling. He missed a lot of tackles last year, which is concerning. But I think it's coachable. The thing with him is he just doesn't get close enough to wrap guys up. He just like he just doesn't get close enough. He's just diving at their feet. And this is clean that up. But if he improves as a tackler at the next level, like he's going to be the best safety in this class, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Uh, now my number one is Xavier McKinney from Alabama. Super smart safety, very good leader. Um, he's he's going to play strong safety. Like you said, he can't play free safety. He's not fast enough. Uh, I think he ran like a four six something at the combine. He just doesn't have the the speed to play free safety. He'll get cooked. Uh, but he can play down in the box, kind of play some linebacker. Like he's he's just versatile like that, and uh, he's he's a good tackler. There were a few tackles where. Like like against Sean Shivers, he got run over on one play against Auburn. That was, uh, and Sean Shivers is like five foot six, so uh, maybe clean up the tackling a little bit. I think he went too high on Shivers.
0: No, he didn't. That's what a position he does go high sometimes, but he's still a good tackler.
1: Yeah, and so uh, he did drop like a little too many interceptions last year. He had like there were three. That I saw where he should have had an easy pick and he dropped it.
0: So yeah. yeah so.
1: I I like McKinney a lot, but oh, yeah. yeah, He does need to clean up the hands a little bit. So yeah, that is our uh, our top players at each position, top five at each position except for tight end because tight end sucks this year.
0: Yeah, the tight end sucks. So. is so rough. All right, so now we're gonna move on. Talk about one overrated player. One player we think is overrated and one player we think is underrated in the class. I'm going to let you go first with overrated, um, with your overrated player. Yeah.
1: My my overrated player is Justin Herbert, quarterback from Oregon. Um, I think Herbert has a lot of intangibles, like the arm strength is there. I think, I think he's probably still a good leader. I mean, there's, like, questions about that just because he's quiet, but I think he's probably still a good leader. He seems wow. like a really – quality guy from like the interviews I saw um and super smart quarterback as well uh but he just he's got so much height because the quarterback class surprise I thought this was such a I thought this was a much better quarterback class than it actually is like this quarterback class outside of the top two is not great
0: yeah
1: um so Herbert's definitely gonna get overdrafted because of not necessarily a weak quarterback class but You know, there's not that much past the top two, so he'll go. He might go top five, Um, but and he's definitely not worth that because you know he's not a great decision maker. He's he's all right, but he's he's too slow, and he doesn't have a lot of touch on his ball. And it's just there's there's too many issues for him to be taken top five. Like he's gonna be, you know, a Pro Bowler in his rookie year or something like that.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, Since you took Justin Herbert, I'm going to take Tristan Worms as my overrated player. And I do like Worms. I think he's a top 15 pick. There's too many times where I see him mocked into the top four of this draft. And that would be a mistake in my opinion. I don't think his foot works good. He gets off balance too much. And his passes are not great. I think he would be good as a guard. Just as a tackle prospect, I think he's very overrated. Um... And I would not take him top four. I think that's a mistake if you go that route.
1: Yeah. Uh, so my over underrated player. Um, I thought about going with Denzel Mims, but I decided to actually go with Zach Bond. I like Zach Bond a lot, uh, and he is probably going to go in the first round. But I think he could go higher in the first round. I think he'd go like mid first round, like in the teens, in the early twenties, where I think he's probably going to go in the late twenties. Yeah. Uh, you know. Or early thirties, potentially he could slide in the second round as well. But I like Bond a lot. Uh, very good edge rusher, versatile as well. Can also play in coverage. So I think he's a little bit underrated.
0: Yeah, I agree. I like him a lot. Um, I I was gonna go Zach Bond. I thought about that, but I think he's mocked into the first round a little too much for me to say that he's underrated. Um, so I'm gonna go with Michael Pittman Jr. from USC who is – we need to be talking about this guy a lot more. Um, he's – sorry, excuse me. He's very physical. Um, doesn't have, like, elite deep speed, but he's a playmaker deep down the field. He's a deep threat. Um, ran the same 40-time that Brandon Ayuk did from Arizona State. Um, he's got really good hands. He's a fluid route runner. Kind of – I don't think – he's not. definitely not as good, but kind of like CeeDee Lamb. Um and he's got really good hands, great at making contested catches. He's going to fit in a lot of different schemes. I think he's worth a first-round selection. He won't be picked there. And, honestly, he would have been my number one receiver in last year's class.
1: Really? Well, yes. I was i was actually kind of surprised that you didn't have him in your top five. I thought you might put him in at five.
0: No. Um,
1: but you had to slide Denzel Mims in there. So, no. I no. understand that. No. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know who else would have been the number one receiver in last year's class?
1: Denzel Mims, Justin Jefferson. Any any of these receivers in, like, the top seven? No, no,
0: underrated guy. Under, oh, who, I don't, who you got? Donovan Peoples-Jones.
1: Really? Yep. Would have been your number one receiver in last year's class, yep. ahead of, like, Marquise Brown?
0: and. Yep, he might be better than Michael Pittman Jr. There's an argument. He's, he's wow. faster, got really good hands. And he can make contested cases as well. He's a good route runner. This dude's really, really good. He's going to be a a day two pick. Maybe day, probably day two. But, yeah, this guy's really, really good.
1: Yeah, I like Peoples Jones, too. I always like watching him in Michigan. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. All right, let's hop into the top ten picks of the draft. We're a little pressed on time, so we're not going to be able to get to all 32 picks. Right. Talking about what we think they should do and what they will do. But let's just do top ten.
1: Okay, awesome. Yeah, so with the number one pick, the Cincinnati Bengals will be picking. Obviously, quarterback is a need. Andy Dalton's gone. Um, So you definitely need to get quarterback. Joe Burrow is the obvious answer there, best quarterback in the class. Um, You know, there's so many needs that they have, though. They definitely have a need on offensive line. That's something they definitely need to fix. And I don't remember if they addressed that in free agency. I feel like they did, but I don't remember.
0: I don't off think they the did. They did head. a lot with their defense. They yeah, made a lot of additions to their to their defense. Like they got DJ Reader, um, from the Texans, and those tackle. Yep. They got like Von Bell. Uh, they got um, uh, oh, the corner um from Trey Minnesota, Trey, Trey Waynes. Wayne's. Then they got Mackenzie Alexander. They made a lot of additions to their defense.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm also interested to see how Jonah Williams, their first-round pick from last year, will fare uh, on the offensive line. I, I assume he's going to play tackle. Uh, yeah. You know, because he got injured, I think in like not in preseason, but in like camp last year, and yeah. was not able to play the whole season. So yeah. I'll be interested to see how he fares on that on that offensive line, and if he's you know any good.
0: Right. Yeah, the Bengals definitely need to go Joe Burrow number one, get their franchise guy. Then they gotta address offensive line, like like maybe with the first pick in the second round, they can go with a guy like Austin Jackson if he's available.
1: Even like or Josh Jones or like Ezra Cleveland from Boise State. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I think there's a lot of options. There's a guy that's really underrated named Robert Hunt from I forgot where he went. No, he went to Louisiana. He went to Louisiana Lafayette. He's listed as an interior offensive lineman on um, the draft network, but he played a lot of a lot of tackle. This dude looked really really good on film. I think he would be a great day two guy. They could also go for a guy like Jordan Jackson from Ohio State. He's a guard. Um, does not have like incredible athleticism, but he's got really good hands, good feet, and he does not get beat. So they can go with some like guys like that. Um, yeah. they, they also need a tight end so they could get like, Cold have,
1: I'm pretty sure they still have, they have a serviceable tight end right now. I'm pretty sure they still have CJ Uzoma.
0: Um, oh yeah. I I'm sure a, you remember yeah. him from Auburn. Yeah. Um, but they yeah, get so an upgrade, the,
1: they do need an upgrade there they and an but well, this is just not a great draft to try to get an upgrade.
0: I mean, I think Cole Komet and... Comet would
1: be a good upgrade, but I don't know if like, I don't know if Comets something you want to address as early as I think he'll be taken, which I, I assume he's going to be taken second round. And so I'm not sure if you're going to want to take, you know, tight end when you have a serviceable one where you need O-line. And you, they also need corner too. Like while they did sign, um, now I've forgotten the name, Trey Wayne's, for Minnesota, yeah. they still need some help at corner because they let Drake Patrick go, who wasn't very good. And they also – did they re-sign Darquise Denard or did they let him go as well?
0: No, they mutually decided to, uh, to break Our up. Far ways.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Tough scene. But so, yeah.
1: yeah, they also need some help at corner. So, but they I they, think... they have good pieces.
0: Yeah. And
1: obviously, I think Joe Burrow is the pick easily. Yeah. Um, but they do have more needs – beside just quarterback it's not like joe burrow gets in there and now they're a playoff team i mean it could be i'm not saying that they're not going to make the playoffs next
0: year not not in that division i don't think that yeah
1: i don't think they will because the afc north is so good with the steelers with that fantastic defense and then the ravens with the ridiculous offense and the browns have so much talent maybe the new uniforms will actually be lucky we'll see even though they're basically 2015's uniforms just brought back to life but whatever nobody's
0: talking about that yeah um you gotta you gotta get Joe burrow number one you got to get your franchise guy Joe burrow the best quarterback in the class number two washington um uh, i the only options for me here in my opinion in my opinion are chase young and Tua um uh, if you want to move on from Dwayne haskins because there is a new head coach there's a new a new coaching staff so they may want to get a new quarterback I can't pass up on Chase Young though. And I still I'm still holding out hope for Dwayne Haskins. Even though I'm not the biggest Haskins fan, um I'm going to I'm going to go with Chase Young, who's one of the best edge rushers we've seen in years.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that's the obvious pick, but when we're talking about needs, I don't think defensive end is a need. Well, it's not that it's not a need, but it's not a priority need. But you definitely have to take Chase Young just because of how good he is. You're not going to see somebody like this again. And – I mean, you can copy the 49ers. The 49ers, for years, the defensive line wasn't necessarily in need, and they kept drafting studs in the first round, and now they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, you can't just keep drafting D-line and expect to be in the Super Bowl all of a sudden. You have to make more moves as well. But, like, think right. about the Eagles and the 49ers, who've both recently, like, very recently been in Super Bowls. They have had the formula of just building defensive lines in the first round for years. Yeah. So, I think, that would this is... You know, be a good formula for the Redskins to follow because they took Sweat last year in the first round, uh, and they have like Deron Payne, who they took I think the year before that. So, and Jonathan Allen the year before that. They've been taking defensive linemen in the first round for like the past four years or the past three years. And it should be four in a row now. So I think you keep following that formula. Uh, there's also some need, I guess at corner, I don't think they signed anybody and I'm pretty sure they let Josh Norman go who wasn't great anyways, but they need They, they have so many needs. The Redskins might be the worst team in the league. Uh, well, beside the,
0: the I don't know. The Jaguars are going to be bad.
1: Yeah cuz they're trying to the for that.
0: The Dolphins are going to be okay. Like
1: Oh, well the Dolphins signed so many players. I kind of I'll forget about it. that. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, so Washington quarterback could be a need as well. They also signed Kyle Allen. I think people forget about that.
0: Who yeah. honestly no, they I traded think for him. Up, they traded yeah, for
1: they him. traded for him. Sorry. I think he will actually end up being the starter next year. At least for a majority really? of the season. I think Kyle yeah, I I fully expect Kyle Allen to beat out Dwayne Haskins and be the starter next year.
0: Ah, I don't know. I don't know. That, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting, but I fully expect especially cuz Kyle Allen and Ron Rivera already have a relationship. Kyle Allen kind of already knows like the playbook right. that Ron – well, Ron Rivera is not, like, the offensive guy, but
0: well, yeah, Ron Rivera
1: mean. obviously have some say in, you know, what goes on with the offense. So yeah. – and I think Kyle Allen, like, honestly, with – no, never mind. I'm sorry. I was getting confused because Joe Brady went to Carolina. He didn't go to Washington. Never mind. I was about to say I think Kyle Allen could actually find some success with Joe Brady, but he went to Carolina.
0: But, yeah, I, quarterback I, I, could be a need. I expect but, Haskins to beat out Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen was not very good in the thing half of the season. Like, he was not uh, no good at all.
1: I'm not going to lie. I would kind of be surprised if Haskins beats out Kyle Allen. I don't I, think Haskins is that good, and I think he needs, like, at least another year. He,
0: he was better than Kyle Allen, though. He was better. Like, oh, that's a, that's a sucked.
1: debate. That's a debate, but I don't think we have time for it on this podcast.
0: So. Allen sucked. He was not very good last year, and and Haskins, what like he was a lot not better good. than I expected. Really, Haskins was awful last year. Kyle Allen was so bad.
1: Kyle Allen was. I'm not gonna go as far as saying drastically, but Kyle Allen was better than Dwayne Haskins last year.
0: Okay, I disagree, but, I,
1: I yeah. legitimately might consider saying Kyle Allen was much better than Dwayne Haskins last year.
0: I don't like <laughs> I don't I don't really like either quarterback, but yeah. So yeah. yeah, we both think they should go Chase Young.
1: Yes, definitely. Okay, third pick, Detroit Lions. They have some needs, especially at corner. They had the worst ranked pass defense, pass defense last year, um, and they just got rid of they. They just you know completely. Got a huge downgrade at corner from trading Darius Slay and then getting Desmond Trufant. There's a huge gap there between those yeah. two guys in, in terms of level of talent and production. Um, so they definitely need corner. Uh, they could use some help at safety. They got rid of Quandre Diggs last year. Um, they could use some help at offensive line could be somewhere to go. I mean, they're not going to... I don't think they're going to pick offensive line. Quarterback could also be something you look at considering Stafford's getting older and injury-prone. Yeah. But, obviously, I don't think you should go quarterback at three. Because if you're trying to get somebody because Stafford's, you know, injury-prone, the only guy I could see taking at three that would be worth it is Tua. And you don't get another injury-prone guy yeah. to back up your injury-prone older court quarterback. So...
0: Right. That yeah. I, I agree. I would go Akuda.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the pick is either Akuda or Simmons.
0: And I would go Akuda. Yeah.
1: Because
0: you, you have such a big need at, at corner and they they signed a lot of linebackers. <laughs> like they signed um what it's not Anthony Hitchens they signed. They signed who did they sign from the Chiefs? I think maybe it, it was. Is. Maybe it was Hitchens.
1: It might have been the Man, now I can't
0: Was it person. Reggie Ragland? Did they it really might have been Reggie Reg-
1: Ragland. That was the other guy I was trying to think of. Yeah, I okay, can look I that up real still. quick.
0: But, yeah, they got to go corner. is the best corner in the draft. It, I, I mean, you got to trade back, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's Reggie Ragland. They signed Reggie Okay,
0: Ragland. okay, yeah. You got to trade back from three. Get more picks, get, get back to five or six, and take the guy you originally wanted and Jeff Akuda.
1: Right. I agree. Uh number four, you have the New York Giants. In my opinion, offensive line is the only way to go here. I know nice. there's a there's a debate and people are saying Simmons just because of how versatile he is and the appeal. Like Simmons is is a sexier pick than like Wills or Becton. I understand that, but it's it's about protecting Daniel Jones right now. Daniel Jones was sacked so much last year, it's not funny. It's not even funny. Like nice. you have to protect the future. Get an offensive lineman. I think Wills is the way to go where you're going to get a guy who's plug-and-play immediately. Becton, too. Becton, too, would also be a, a fantastic pick there. But, unfortunately, I think that they're going to end up picking Werfs. Like, I think that's what they're going to do. I wouldn't do that. Uh, but I think Wills would be a perfect pick for them at four.
0: Right. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I agree with you. They 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 definitely need to go offensive line, and I would go Jazick Wills. He's my number one tackle. He can play left or right tackle. He's awesome. Um, They Daniel Jones got sacked forty eight times last year. You you got to clean that up. And their franchise is Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, so you got to protect those guys. Yeah, so you got to go. You got to go Wills, in my opinion, and I think they're gonna go Isaiah Simmons. Like, Dave Gettleman has never gone offensive tackle in the first round, and I think he's going to go Isaiah Simmons at four.
1: Yeah, I understand that. All right, so number five, you have the Dolphins. Um, seems like quarterback is what they're going to go for. I don't even think quarterback is their most pressing need. I think offensive line is easily their most pressing need. Like, they need a quarterback, but I'm, I know that this is not, you know, something that a lot of people agree with, but I don't think Josh Rosen is a bad quarterback. I really don't think Josh Rosen is a bad quarterback. I think Josh Rosen has been in unfortunate situations where he's had terrible talent around him. He's been on two teams where he's had some of the, like in Arizona, he had one of the worst offensive lines in the league around him and then got shipped to Miami where he had an even worse offensive line. So he's been in very unfortunate situations. I think offensive line is the move. I think realist, I legitimately, I think that Josh Rosen can be your franchise if you build around him, and you're not just you know trading for him to have a backup quarterback. I don't dislike Josh Rosen; I think he's a good quarterback. I just think he's been in unfortunate situations. That said, I think they are going to take a quarterback. I think Herbert is probably most likely, but I don't think that's their most pressing need.
0: Right? Um, yeah, offensive offensive line is their biggest need, um, and they're going to take they they're, they're going to take a quarterback, and I would too. I think they're going to take Justin Herbert, which is going to be a massive mistake, and I will I would give them a bad grade for that if they do that. I would take Tua. Tua's a very talented quarterback. He's a franchise guy. I'm a little bit worried about the injuries and and his aggressive play style, but it apparently he's working on that with um um uh, the Elite Eleven guy, the guy the quarterback who won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Yep.
1: Um, Dilfer. Dil, what's
0: Trent, Dilfer. Trent, Trent Dilfer. Trent
1: Dilfer.
0: Yeah. So he's working on him. Um, with his technique and yeah, it's and, funny. And I can I can see his about?
1: I can see his bald head in my yeah, in me my, too. Yeah, in my mind, but I can't yeah. like come up with his name.
0: Yeah, I would take Tua here. Offensive lines a big need, but you got two other picks, and it's hard. I I mean, Tua's just real a really really good quarterback. I don't think you can pass him up here.
1: I, I understand that I'm not saying I wouldn't take quarterback here. I just don't think it's their most pressing need. I would I would take quarterback here because you have more picks. But if you didn't have more picks, I would consider taking O line here.
0: Same, like yeah, I totally agree. And I know the la like a podcast we did a few weeks back where we did our mock drafts. I had Tua sliding to twenty three, which is is I I hate that mock draft. Looking back, like now that I've watched everybody,
1: yeah, I don't like mine either. Yeah, like I, I hate that I had Chase Young going one
0: but but, but yeah, I would take two of here. I really would. And the, and I I'm fully confident in this pick because they have uh two other picks. And they can even move up possibly. If they yeah, if there was a guy they wanted, they can move up.
1: Yeah, they have they have the picks to work with to try to make trades and make it happen. All right, so number six we have the Los Angeles Chargers. Quarterback might be the most pressing need. I I don't hate Tyrod Taylor. I know you're not a fan of him. I think he's a solid quarterback and that he can get the job done for them. And I think their defense can win games for them and that their run game can help them out a lot to where they can still win and potentially make the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor. So I don't hate Tyrod Taylor. I just don't think they can get far in the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't, I'm not a huge Tyrod Taylor guy. I don't know what their offense is going to look like next season. I think they're going to run a different offense that Taylors to... That Taylors to tailors, Taylor? <laughs> to ta- that Taylors to Taylor's uh, biggest strengths, and that's his mobility. Um, and there's no quarterback in this draft past Joe Burrow and Tua that's ready to play right away. Um, so I would not go quarterback here. I wouldn't. I don't think any, any other quarterback is worth the top 10 selection. So I would go Isaiah Simmons here. Just imagine Isaiah Simmons with Derwin James.
1: Bro, that defense could be the scariest defense in the NFL if they added yeah. up this.
0: Yeah. Like, it's it's seriously. terrifying. Yeah. yeah. I don't think
1: I they think will. I think I think that in in this case scenario, like I think that Tua will be available at six. I 100% expect the Miami Dolphins to take Justin Herbert. Because like according to Daniel Jeremiah, there's a split in, like, the, yeah. the front office of the Dolphins where, like, some people want Herbert, some people like Herbert better, some people like Tua better, and he thinks that they'll take Herbert because, like, Herbert being healthy would break the tie.
0: Yeah.
1: So I, I, I do expect her take head. Herbert. But, so, in this case, I think if Tua is available, you can take Tua here. I don't think that he, Tua, can start immediately. Just because of the injury, I think he might need to sit and get more healthy. He might be able to start immediately
0: but I don't know, especially with – go ahead. If two is available, I'm taking him at six. Like, no questions asked. But I don't know if he will be. And
1: I just don't know if he's going to be able to help you in year one. He might. But, like, also Los Angeles could use offensive line as well. I don't think they're going to go offensive line. I think they'll either go Simmons or try to take a quarterback. Uh, But they need some help on the offensive line, which could, you know – hinder Tua from getting back to being 100% healthy if he's getting sacked a lot. Yeah. So.
0: I, Seven's a really interesting pick to me with the yeah, Panthers. They need offensive tackle and they need – um, They need uh, tackle. They need, like, they need linebacker. They tackling. need
1: D-line. Yeah. This is – so they could go offensive tackle here. They could take, like, Beckton would probably be available here. Werfs could be available here. There's a potential for Wills to even be available here, or even Andrew Thomas. There, like any of those four guys you could take here. You could also take one of the defensive tackles, either Derrick Brown or Javon Kinlaw. In my opinion, for the Panthers, I would take Brown because they were the worst team in wow. the NFL against the run last year. So I would take Brown if I were the Carolina Panthers. But you also need linebacker because Luke keekley just – up and retired out of nowhere that was crazy yeah uh, that was a couple months ago where luke keekley retired i think he's only 29 years old yeah. Uh, yeah so they now they have a pressing need because you know arguably the best linebacker in the nfl at the time just retired so right.
0: yeah if simmons is available here, simmons I, think is there, be a, a, I gotta pull the
1: trigger on him right i yeah. think you okay. have to pull the trigger on simmons
0: all right, so what if it's Wills versus Brown for that pick? Who would you think? Wills versus who? Brown. Oh, Derek
1: Brown.
0: Derek
1: Brown. I'd take Derrick Brown. Wills is really good, but I'd still take Derek Brown. I'd take defensive tackle over offensive line right now. Now, if it was like Kenlaw versus Wills, I'd take Wills.
0: I don't know. I'm taking Wills.
1: I don't know. I might
0: take they, Wills over. They downgraded hard on the offensive line when they traded uh for um Russell and Coon. Yeah, I know. I would take Wills. I think I think I'm I would take Brown over any other offensive tackle just because I think he's a top five talent in this draft. But yeah. but they really need offensive line.
1: Yeah, it's difficult. I don't know what I would do. I think I'd take Brown just because of how bad you were against the run last year and he can help out with that so much. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, so eight, you have the Arizona Cardinals. They need O line. They need O line. You have yeah. to protect the franchise. Kyler Murray go on. is the
0: franchise yeah. O line. Uh, who would you go with?
1: I mean, I'd go with Will's if he's available. But if no.
0: not,
1: if I take, I know I said I had Worse ahead of Thomas in my mock draft or not mock draft, but my player rankings. But I think I'd take Thomas over over Worse.
0: Yeah. In, I would. Wars is a really good fit in Arizona, but I would go tackle. I would go Andrew. I would go Andrew Thomas here. Even though I have Beckton as my second rank tackle, I think he's a really good fit in uh, Cleveland. Yeah. So I would go Andrew Thomas here. Right.
1: Okay. I mean, they don't have that's they they have some need at corner i guess but like offensive line is the only way to go here in my opinion oh, yeah,
0: yeah, like yeah. you have to
1: protect kyler
0: no andrew thomas or, or Mackay beckton
1: right uh okay so nine you have the jacksonville jaguars they need defensive in, interior defensive line uh they need oh, they need everything right now
0: yeah yeah i i would go whichever defensive tackle is available if it's would, brown take him yeah. if it's kenlaw if they're both go brown but they the best the available. They
1: just cut Marquise Lee, so I would not be surprised if they go receiver. So receiver
0: is they might go Lamb, but I just don't just don't go CJ Henderson at 9. Please. Yeah,
1: they also need no. corner really bad. Uh, you can get a, you can get fantasy. a quality
0: corner at, at 20. Please yeah. don't don't reach for CJ Henderson.
1: Yeah, if Okuda is available here. Would you take him over Brown? Yes. Would you take him over Brown? Yes. Okay, interesting question. If Akuda and Simmons are both available here, which I, I have no idea how that would be possible, who would you take for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Okuda? Yeah. All right. So number ten, you have the Cleveland Browns. This is the last pick we'll do tonight. Um, offensive line is a big need.
0: Yeah. If they trade for Trent Williams, I would go. I would go Patrick Queen or Yeter Gersmotos.
1: Yeah. I think that's high for both of those guys. I understand though. I mean, I like both of those guys. Um I saw in one mock draft somebody had Isaiah Simmons falling to 10. I would take I him here think, in a hard. Game. I don't I don't, know. I don't think it's going to happen. But if they don't if they're not able to trade for Trent Williams, I think Micah Bec- oh. Beckton would be a fantastic pick here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Take Makai take Beckton here.
1: So you got to protect Baker Mayfield. I mean, you yeah. got Conklin in free agency, you paid a lot for him. Good. You need a tackle, and now you need another tackle on the left side. I, I think Conklin's going to play right tackle. I assume. Yeah. Um. So now Makai Becton is just a plug and play at left but, tackle.
0: But just fit Makai Becton right in. He would fit perfectly. Yeah, he's, he's a great fit... run blocker. He's like a, a good pass protector. He- he's awesome. That's yeah. where I would go. I think they will go Makai Beckon if he's available.
1: I hope so. I I really, I'm honestly rooting for the Browns to succeed. It's been so long
0: yeah, yeah. since they've
1: actually been good, and it feels like they've done everything right, like adding all the right pieces. And yeah. so I'm really hoping. I, I'm rooting for them.
0: Yeah, me too. But yeah, so that's pretty much it for the pod. That was a really good podcast. I was, I'm really excited. Like that was fun.
1: Yeah, NFL draft on Thursday. Super excited.
0: Yeah, if you want to see more content from us here at The Wire, check out our website at thewiresports.com. We have articles, we have this podcast, and we also have a YouTube channel called The Wire, so go check, check that out. You can see our videos on our website. I mean That's pretty much it for us. We'll see y'all.